on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will honor Tech in his racing skills as they break down the latest episode of The Bad Batch's second season. After that, they'll discuss Daisy Ridley's openness to more Star Wars and her thoughts on becoming a Palpatine. They'll also riff on some Damon Lindelof Star Wars movie project news and a Book of Boba Fett director who also worked on Ahsoka. They may even talk about doing SWTS Star Wars D&D adventure. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of top five Star Wars fan artist features. Punch it, Chewie! everybody all right welcome back to the star wars time show it's already been a week can you believe it man time flies when you're getting in those those age ranges nick you're not quite there like when i was in my 30s life felt good i felt like i was you know i i still had many years in front of me i could achieve my dreams uh, but I hate to tell you, once you hit 40, it, it just all comes crashing down on you <laughs> as in reality. And it's like, hello, you're 40, you're, you're about at the halfway mark now. You can't really double your age anymore and expect to still be alive. So, it's true. It's true. But, but time just keeps getting faster and faster and faster. It's crazy. I mean, I, I was listening to Howard Stern today and they're, they're, up, they're making their crazy bets for the Bengals and Chiefs AFC championship. And it, it brought me back to last year when they were talking about coming on a hat as a bet. And it's like, damn, I can't believe it's already been a year since the come hat, but just how it goes. I mean, that is how it goes. We are here. We're ready to talk some bad batch. That's right. Everyone's favorite episode dropped last week. So we're going to spend at least two hours drilling into it, analyzing all things that happened and faster. Just kidding. <laughs> it was not filler, but it was also, uh, damn near meatless, but you know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll talk about it. So, uh, but you know, we always start with a little pop culture talk. I got my fat ass out to the movies last week and finally checked out Megan, Nick. Uh, I don't know if that's a type of movie that would be on your radar. It had, um, all sorts of positive buzz. Yeah. I've been a fan of, of, of bloom house and what they've been doing kind of with the horror genre for the past three or four years. Uh, they, they seem to put out some quality horror movies on, on a budget. Uh, and hey, listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a geek. I'm a Star Wars fan. So I'm going to be into technology, AI, machine learning, all that fun stuff. I have my AWS certificate. God damn mm-hmm. it. I know all this shit. So I wanted to go check it out. And, and you know what? It actually is a damn good movie. And I, I can see why it's got so much positive buzz on Rotten Tomatoes and from critics and fans alike. And, and I can see why they've already greenlit a sequel it's, um, you know, sadly, Nick, it's one of those movies where I feel like it is smaller. I, I mean, it's not indie, but it is it's it was probably a tiny budget. And uh, actually, I think they, they made it for like 20 million dollars or something crazy. And it made 30 or 40 in opening weekend. So they're kicking ass. Yeah, no, it's uh, but it's one of those. It, it's one of those movies, you know, where you watch the trailer and you go, well, that's the whole fucking kit and caboodle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like. 
you watch a trailer and and you you can pretty much infer every narrative beat of a property. And Megan, sadly, is one of those. And I, I think that's just to sell people on a new IP. But um, it hits. It pays off. I mean, it is. It, it's 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 well done. If you're into the whole, and and we all should be because it's happening right now. I mean, just look at Chat GPT. Look at look at AI art. Um, I, I mean. The machine learning AI stuff that we used to be like, oh, the machines are going to take over the movies. It's the movies, science fiction. Well, it's here. Okay. It's fucking here. Uh, If you haven't played with chat GPT yet, try it out. It's fucking crazy. All right. I'm an academic. I might not look like it. I definitely don't sound like it, but we're we're kicking the tires on this thing in terms of how students may use it to cheat, Nick. And... Right now, ChatGPT has only been live since November. Right now, you can essentially ask it to troubleshoot your programming languages, whatever snippets you throw at it. It will write fucking code for you. You can ask it exam questions, (laughs) quiz questions, and it's like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blue, blue, blah, blah, answer, answer is correct. So... (laughs) The shit's here, and, and and that's why I was I was kind of intrigued by a movie like this because I I, I see this stuff down the road. Maybe not getting squirrely because there there's things in this movie where you're like, okay, humans, you deserve what Megan's doing to you because you did not put in the proper parameters and protocols. But I, I really don't think we're far off from toys like this. Uh, we we already have the software. Like I said, I mean. AI art, dude, I know you're into it. I, um, I'm impressed by it because of, you know, just my, my love for technical stuff and AI and machine learning. I know our community is uh, kind of fucking hates it, yeah, and I get that. I, like, I mean, because kind of stopped a lot of the engines it. have stolen work to, to create their AI yeah. engines, so you got that. Yeah, yeah I've kind of stopped um, messing with it because of the fact that it's just it's literally just built off of the hard work that everybody else does. Yeah. And then like you just punch in a couple of words and then bingo, bango, you have something that <laughs> I'm an artist. Yeah, like, and, uh, yeah. you know, I saw some of your stuff. You, you were doing good queries. I wouldn't say you're doing good work. You did good queries. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I played around with it. Mine were terrible, but I wasn't using the, what's, what's the, the big one, Nick, the, oh, mid, the famous journey. Mid journey. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was using like one of the, the freebie browser ones. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I did happy Vader and happy Vader. They just, they put a Vader face in his belly and then <laughs> just the rest was Vader. I was like, okay, I guess that's happy Vader, curious Vader. His face was all like smushed together, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate the technology. Yeah. I don't appreciate how they used it and just stole the artist works to teach the AI, yeah. right? That, that was fucked up. They, 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 they should have done better there, but the technology is, is undeniably intriguing. I don't care who you are, what side of the debate you're on. It's fucking crazy that some dumbass like me or Nick can just go in and be like, blue, blue, blah, 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 starry night, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker's mom. And you'll get something that, you know, if you're on that, 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 that the, the pay site mid journey that looks professionally done uh, you may win awards for it, whatever, but it is, I, I've stayed away from it, at least featuring. And it's tough because there's some killer shit that AI art is coming up with. I just saw a series, Nick, they did a series of, 
uh, G.I. Joe figures as as like He-Man figures, Star Wars <laughs> characters as He-Man characters. And it was great, but it was an AI. So I was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to fucking poke that hornet's nest. I'm not going to feature it because, hell, I get yelled at for featuring the same accounts. Just manage if I feature AI yeah, art, that would be, what our fans would do. Would they, they, would, they would probably dox me, send the SWAT team fucking... Uh, you know, uh, Mike Pence, me January 6th style. <laughs> so I, I've, I've, I've stayed away from that shit, although I do appreciate it. And I do appreciate chat GPT too, as a wannabe computer science scientist, but man, is it getting crazy and kind of bringing it all back? We are not that far from Megan. So, yeah. uh, if you've been on the fence with it, it's well worth checking out. Uh, at this point, I don't know, maybe just wait till it's, it's, it's home release. Although I don't think there's really anything in the theaters you need to go see right now. So need a date, need something to do. Uh, Megan is well worth your time. Nice little run time. Quick, quick little story uh, and a little tease at the end. Like I said, that pretty much ensures a sequel. So there you go. Megan, the review. There you go. Um, well, Nick, <laughs> I know you didn't do it, but I, um, I took our homework seriously. I, it was kind of extra credit. <laughs> we, we did. I didn't fully assign it as homework, but um, I did finally check out The Last of Us, not the games, the one with Din Djarin in it. And l- let's just start there. Pedro Pascal, Nick, I, I don't know what he did for the first 30 plus years of his life before us Americans saw him in Game of Thrones, but I feel robbed as an American entertainment consumer that we haven't had Pedro for his entire acting career because this guy... He's a chameleon. I mean, you can plug him into any fucking series, be it, you know, comedy, that, that shit he did last year with Nick Cage, be it the serious stuff like like The Last of Us, um, kind of the fun series with Mandalorian. I mean, he just, he just fucking excels. The guy is a true star. Uh, like I said, I, I, I think he could play any role in any role well, beyond well, like damn near perfect. So... I just want to. I just going to give a shout out to my boy Pedro. He he's fantastic in The Last of Us. Once again, even though we've seen him so many times, he does become Joel. All right. Um, Bella. I forgot Bella was um, Liana Mormont in Game of Thrones. Yeah. So these two have already had a you know a tangential connection in the past. And you know, I, it's I feel bad for that. There's scumbags out there, but that that's just where we are. You know, they they don't <laughs> like Bella. I don't know why. I don't, maybe she doesn't look enough like um, Ellie in the game. Who the fuck knows? But she she's great too. And, and really, since Nick hasn't seen it, it, not that there's really spoilers. It's from an eight year old video game. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but I will tell you, Nick. I think my favorite part, and and I could care less about the changes. I, I don't care that they don't use spores to transmit and they use these tendril things. Whatever. Tess's. Spoilers, by the way, just in case you've been living in a bunker for 10 years. Uh, Tess's death is is handled slightly different, but pretty much the same, like the same stuff happens. Um, But it's, I, I think my favorite part is they do these little, I would call them a cold opening, Nick, where they 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 show you stuff that you never would have gotten in the game. For example, in, in the premiere, the pilot... The episode opens back in like 1978 at a talk show panel where they're talking about infectious disease and there's a there's a fungus expert there. And he's like, I, I'm not scared of diseases. He's like, 
I'm scared if, if, if fungus can ever make their way to humans, that's when we are done. He's like, you might as well just blow up the earth. <laughs> and then episode two, they, they do another kind of hit where you touch in with someone over in, in India, I think where it started. And she, she, again, she's a mycology expert. They bring her in and they, they have her investigate a, a cell. And she's like, where the hell did you get this? It's a quarter set. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. She's like, well, we got it from a human. And obviously she's like, oh fuck. Once she sees it, she pretty much, they're like, well, help us make a vaccine. And, and she's like, no vaccines, no nothing. Charlie, come here. Uh, bomb us. Like bomb the cities, bomb us all. That's the only way to stop the spread. Yeah. Charlie, come here. Hey, it's, it's nothing to get sad about. I was in the middle of a talk, all right? I'm sorry, okay? All right? I'm glad to see you. Everyone was waiting for you, but I was in the middle of a, of a discussion. I couldn't just break free, okay? You want to say anything? You tell them about, we watched Back to the Future this weekend, mm -hmm. right? The first two? Uh-huh. You like that one, right? Yeah. All right. 100th day of school. Hip, hip, hooray. I love it. All right. I'm sorry. Next time, I'll, I'll drop everything and let you do your little spot, okay? You all right? Yeah. Come here. Give me a hug. You know I love you, all right? All right. Okay? I'm sorry. Okay. That's <laughs> what it's like to have a little lady, everyone. So <laughs> I had a feeling I was fucking up by not breaking my, my stream of, of conscious there, Nick. <laughs> and I did. Yep. Because yep. I saw her I saw her leave and walk up, and she came back down. She's fucking crying. I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a dad fail. Uh, oh well live and learn live and learn <laughs> now i feel like a pile of shit okay let me let me try to <laughs> yeah. all right let's go here we go man up ooh, ooh, let me get all manly now <laughs> but I, I mean honestly dude because of the the first two episodes really just take you up to the test departure i'll leave it at that and it, it's it's pretty much spot on to the game outside of like like props is chiming in here on the live stream chat it, it expands stuff it, it really does kind of expand the world and, and information you 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 weren't getting in the game and, and honestly i think that's that's my favorite aspect outside of the damn near one-to-one -one, uh, remake from the video game yeah i mean i i'm probably gonna watch it soon i'm gonna be honest like i just like haven't like we haven't been watching a like much in terms of news i mean i guess the only new thing that we've watched so far is like the first few episodes of that 90s show on uh netflix because it's just like short funny content yeah um it's not bad i didn't watch that 70s show so i can't make comparisons yeah, me neither but me neither that's i was wondering like how much am i like i wonder how many um What's what's that called? Inside jokes go over your head. You yeah, know what I mean, I, I'm sh almost positive that we've missed some, but it's still funny enough to like, you know, to just watch it without having any no like knowledge of the that '70s show. Right. It still has that like, it has that like network single camera comedy feel to it because that's just like what they replicated. Um, and I mean, overall, it's fun. You know, twenty twenty two minute long episodes. Um, kind of, there's definitely some references that if you were a kid in the nineties and stuff like that, that you would definitely, oh, I, I mean, that, I, that's why I want to watch it. And, you know, I, I was born 80, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 
more of a 90s kid. Yeah. That's when I was a teen in high school. I graduated in 98. So that, that yeah, was like I my mean, decade to become this is the really shithead like, that I am now. I think like this is, they almost might be your exact age because it's 95 when the show starts, 1995. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I would have been, been a sophomore yeah. in high and, school. And I'm 90% sure they're like 15 years old. So they're, they're okay. almost like dead on to your age. All right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch. So, it. I mean, it's worth it. It also made us like, oh, where can we watch that 70s show? Like, can we go back and, and right. watch it? But unfortunately. Now, is it on a streamer you already own or do you have to like get Peacock or some so dumb shit for like that? That 70s show, it literally is Peacock and it's the paid version of Peacock. So we're not going to watch it. <laughs> I knew it. That 90s show is on Netflix. It. So, you know, so I everybody knew it. will have it. I, I'm surprised that. They didn't like Netflix didn't try to lock down the license for that 70s show before releasing the 90s one. But uh, yeah, that, maybe that'll see. Come I've, I've learned <laughs> like a lot of weird shit happened, I, I guess, like because there's like a real weird streamer deal with with the Yellowstone property. Oh, yeah. These streamer it, apparently like like Yellowstone, whatever, the network exec didn't think it was going to be a thing. So he sold the streaming rights to fucking Peacock, even though it's a Paramount Paramount show. show. Yeah. So this is the best. If if you're paying for Paramount Plus, you can't watch old seasons of Yellowstone on Paramount Plus. You have to go. You have to pay for Peacock. Yeah. It, yeah. But I, you know what I mean? I think that that, that could be like the, the 70s show where when all this streaming stuff happened, companies were like, well, fuck. If someone's willing to pay us yeah. the rights to essentially just put this into circulation again, here, you have it. Yeah. But you're right. Now, Netflix is probably like, shit, we could be getting double dip by uh, them, them tuning into old episodes of, of 70s. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. I was hoping that because it was a Fox show when it released. So that 70s show was on Fox from 98 to 06. Disney. So I was like, oh, it, it might be on Hulu because... You know, like that's where all the Fox, that's where all the FX stuff is. The Fox stuff is Disney yeah. owns it now, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't on there. Taylor looked it up. She's like, it's on Peacock. And I was like, all right, let's go see. Cause Peacock has drastically reduced their free, <laughs> like whatever is allotted to you for free to watch on there. I was like, let's just go see. It's probably going to be paid. And I checked and it. Did, you definitely have to have the premium version of Peacock to watch it. Yep. So that, that kind of sucks, but um, you know, we'll see. What I'm drawing the line there. I, I'm not doing no. Peacock. In, in fact, I don't even know why I still pay for Paramount Plus because there, there are Ink Masters not in season. None of the new Star Trek shows are in season. So, Nick, I am the prototypical rube that streaming companies want. Sign <laughs> up for shows you like, but then be a lazy piece of shit and, and don't disconnect. <laughs> so they're, they're getting my money free. Just like YouTube, these cocksuckers, they make you pay for 4k content. So I pay for it during sports or football at least. And, um, I, I keep forgetting to cancel that because football is basically over for me. And I don't care if I can watch the bangles in fucking 4k, <laughs> but because I'm a dickhead, it's like, I just got the email. Like, Oh, you just paid Google $13. I was like, fuck. Well, so I do same shit with Spotify. I haven't used Spotify in probably eight months and I keep paying $10 a month. For yeah. It. See me and Taylor have that, like, I don't know what it's called. The duo deal or something. It's like pay for two for like less than you would pay for one. Bro. <laughs> I, I, I get Apple music for free through Verizon. Yeah. Why the fuck do I need Spotify? <laughs> it, 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 I don't, I'm an idiot. Like I said, I'm the, I'm one of these jerk offs that needs to download one of those apps that wipes your ass for you and goes through and be like, hey, dickhead, you're paying for this, 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 and this. <laughs> Cancel some of them, but I won't because I'm a lazy asshole. 
Um, but hey, back to Last of Us. Honestly, dude, I, I think the reason I'm up on it and watching it is because Heather actually wanted to watch it with me. Remember we were talking about this? I, I figured this would have been a hard pass because yeah. she, she hates any flavor of horror. She doesn't like jump scares, none of that shit. So I was like, here, I'll watch this. I'll just I'll be like, hey, hey, this new show's coming out. Pedro's in it. You probably won't want to watch it, but here's the trailer. I put the trailer on at the end. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm watching that. It's like, what? Yes. Yeah, it's like there's fucking zombies. Yeah, I know. That's that's one thing is like, you know, I, I'm not sure if I could get Taylor into it. Who knows? Maybe. But uh, but <laughs> what Heather said, she's like, I from the trailer, she could discern that she was going to dig the whole story of you know, man and cub apocalyptic bullshit fallout type of stuff. And, uh, I mean, last night that they introduced clickers and she was not a fan of that jump scare shit. Uh, but she's, she's digging, digging the story so far. So there you go. There's our last of us. If if Nick ever gets caught up, maybe we can start (laughs) diddling through the episodes, but don't count on it. And it doesn't really matter because we got new star Wars from now. I would say through April, right? I mean, if Mando, we're, we're assuming it's going to be eight episodes. It debuts March 1st. You're probably going to get five episodes in March and then three in April. So, I mean, honestly, through April, we got Star Wars to talk about. Yeah. So if, if Nick uh, continues to filibuster The Last of Us on HBO, I just haven't we like, will watched survive. any popular stuff recently. Like any new stuff. I, I will tell you, man. Stuff. I just don't. Um, I think we're also going to move on to Kaleidoscope too because you know last of us is a weekly release so we're gonna need like a daily show and i think we're gonna do gene carlo's kaleidoscope on netflix next. i like i don't even know what that is but i <laughs> i'm sure apparently nick it's it's one of those shows where it's it's delivered out of order but they also did it to where if you watch it in order you kind of get a different experience so um and and gene carlo's one, one of the leads so i'm 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 always down for his projects i've I fell in love with that guy as as Gus Fring on Breaking Bad, and he hasn't disappointed since. I mean, he if you think about it, he really is one of the best assets in The Mandalorian. Like, his his Moff Gideon is a fun bad guy. Yeah. A fun bad guy, yes. Bad guys can be fun, and he is uh, one of them. Takes a good so. bad guy to get you invested into everything else, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's just so he, he 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 looks dapper in that fucking armor. He's always dapper on the red carpet. He's just a cool fucking dude. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. All right. Before we get into the bad batch stuff, and we know, like the rest of you, faster probably didn't blow your socks off. Okay. Uh, but you 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 know how we operate here. At least me, and I think Nick agrees. We're, we're never going to classify anything as Star Wars as filler unless it truly is. And while this episode definitely got pretty fucking close, like I was puckering my butthole going, I may have to break my own mantra here because this this truly is the definition of filler. But luckily we, we had the ending and some Sid stuff, so it saved itself. But before we get there, Nick, I don't even want to say it's an announcement um, it, it's more of an idea that's getting some heat behind an it. Exploration. And, uh, yeah. And, and we just want to, we, we kind of want to spitball it with, with the audience, the diehards here, at least those in the live stream chat. By the way, if you want to join into the live stream chat, if you're new here, we do it every Tuesday, 2.30 p. East, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show, or just at Star Wars Time Show on YouTube. Um, but here... Last week, 
you know, we, 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 it's weird how this all happened. It, it, I mean, I truly am in tune with the force, but if you remember, I think it was two shows ago, Nick, we, we I learned for the first time that you're like a fucking DND lore master. Uh, you, you know, you auditioned for the role of Eddie in stranger things Four. you are the guy, like you, you are the, 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 the dungeon Lord. Indeed. I had no clue. I had no clue that Nick had this aspect to his life. I, I didn't know that he would write the stories and, and, and lead his buddies. And he wasn't allowed to drink or do drugs, but it was still fun and he likes doing it. So whatever. We, we learned that Nick liked D&D. In addition to that, really for a few years now, and I think it's, it's been Spencer, Baron Black series, has been like, hey, you guys should consider doing like a, a D&D, but with a, with a Star Wars spin to it. And I'm going like, hey... I'm down for anything that you think is going to get more eyeballs on the channel, but I know zero <laughs> about D&D, like, like nothing at all. I'm sure I would have fun, but it's nothing I would ever care to learn because it seems like I got to read and learn a bu- bunch of rules and my brain just doesn't work that way. So fast forward to, to last week, and this is just, the world's weird. It's why I believe in the force. I truly do. Call it the universe, whatever you want. I'm in class. Of course, my students can see my dwelling, right? It's not hard to figure out that I'm a fucking dork, okay? A Star Wars dork. <laughs> so at the end of the class, this, this, this one student, he's, he's hanging back. I'm like, hey man, do you need help? Questions on anything? I mean, was I too fast, too in your face? And he said, no. He said, um, what do you, do you, do you play D&D? I'm like, no. He's like, I see you're a big Star Wars fan. He's like, I, um, have you ever seen this the Star Wars skin for D&D? It's all free, and here's the D&D rules. It's all free on this Discord. I'm like, oh, cool, sweet. So if you're on the stream, he sends me this site, which which is this SW5E, whatever the fuck that means, <laughs> and there there's a player's handbook, a scum and villainy book, a starships book, a wretched hives book, and loots and rules and starships and tools and assets. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I approach our resident dungeon master. And I'm like, Nick, I don't know what's going on (laughs) with the universe here, but I think it's, it's trying to tell us that we should maybe consider this and put some effort into doing the first ever star Wars time show, star Wars dungeons, (laughs) dungeons and dragons. What would you call it? Playthrough adventure. Uh, either live stream or, or a recorded special. And I, I think he's on board. So I'm going to go ahead and let Nick te- take over because he actually knows what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> and he's just going to kind of spitball what he envisions for this affair. Yes. Um, y- y- so go ahead. Nick. Yeah. So y- you'll do better than I will. For those of you who are familiar with D and D essentially what Matt is showing you is just like a, uh, kind of like a like a reskin of Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, which is the most recent one, to just have like a Star Wars bend to it. So the classes uh, that you would pick are all based off of Star Wars. Um, so you can play like a Jedi counselor, you can play a, a mercenary, uh, stuff like that. You also have all of your Star Wars races that you can pick your characters from. Um, these people. Uh, who put this together have painstakingly, I mean, like just, just knowing how much material there is in, in in, like base Dungeons and Dragons 5e to essentially readapt all of that into a Star Wars kind of uh, RPG spinoff of it is, is impressive uh, at the very least and insane at the most. 
Um, so what, like, what the thought process is here is... Did, did you just say that this person was insane for doing I this? Because I agree. It, it takes... I mean, if you are familiar with like all of the nuances and all of this like mechanics that go into Dungeons and Dragons, it's it's pretty cool that somebody took the time to literally build out like this scum and villainy book that you were talking about. The scum and villainy book yeah. is essentially the Dungeons and Dragons monster manual. And what the monster manual is, is just a list of all the different enemy types you can use in a game. Um, so this person has literally gone in. And they do it for free. Yeah, they do all, it for fucking donations. Yeah, this is <laughs> all donations. free. Um, so what I'm thinking here is that um, using the resources that are available on Star Wars 5e uh, or SW5e.com, if, if any of you out there want to check it out on your own, um, I am going to essentially uh, DM a game with... Matt yeah. as a player and three other people who we have yet to determine. Let's go. But, I'm going to fucking win. Um, the, <laughs> the story itself will be crafted by me. Um, I know. Yes. I know that there are some. Uh, I think that there are some scenarios that have been built out here on the Star Wars 5e site, but um, I'm going to write the story myself. Um, I, you know, Matt and the other players are going to choose the characters that they play. They're going to choose the races that they play classes. They're going to choose. Are you picking our names? No, too, you or guys do we get pick to choose names? everything. You guys okay. get to choose your names. You guys get to choose. What... I want to be Dill hyphen Doe. Hey, we can do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's really going to be like a collaborative storytelling type of adventure. If you've ever watched any D&D before, whether it be uh, Critical Role or Dimension 20 or Dungeons and Daddies or whatever. There's a lot of different like uh, live plays out there, actual plays out there for Dungeons and Dragons. It's going to have that feel. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be a good time. I mean, it's a fun way to honestly kind of tell your own Star Wars story. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm digging this, dude. I love it. And guess what? One of our potential candidates has already thrown in. I'm in <laughs> one six shooter. One, the, one six shooter. Yeah, I mean, so this is you, you're speaking his language. There we go. I don't know if Trevor plays if he's played D and D before, but um, yeah. I mean, essentially, what we want to try to do is, is is get some people out there who who have a following, um, get us all together, uh, and then either we're we're gonna live stream it or we're gonna do a pre recorded and then release it as separate episodes on YouTube. Awesome. Um, but it, it should be a fun time. And I mean, um, since there is kind of a, a lot of uh, setup that needs to be done, a lot of stuff that on my side that needs to be done in terms of choosing how we play, um, you know, are we going to use a tool like Roll20 that can visualize maps and you guys can kind of move your little tokens around the maps and stuff like that? I have to look into that. Or if we're just going to play it kind of in a theater of the mind sense where I you know, paint you guys a word picture uh, and then we can just kind of move from there. But this is something that should be a lot of fun for everybody involved, not just the players, but also the people who are watching, because essentially what you get to see happen is uh, uh, all of the players uh, and myself start to basically tell a story together, um, you know. Uh, that's one thing that's really fun about Dungeons and Dragons. Are there winners and losers? That's what I. There need to are know. no winners and losers. <laughs> there are no winners Fuck. and losers in D and D, <laughs> unless it comes to specific scenarios. Um, 
you can lose a battle, uh, but uh, can we kill each other? Like I, I literally, I think it, I think this is going to be fun, and we should almost title it. Nick and blah 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 play Star Wars D and D with a noob, and me being the noob because I think that's going to be the entertainment. Just watching me bumble fuck my way through this. It will be well. One thing that that I am have gotten good at because a lot of the players that I DM for now either haven't played before or right, so you're like a Sherpa have then. only played like once or twice. Yeah. So like I am very used to okay. clarifying rules, helping people understand. I, w- I will need my hand yeah. held, but honestly it looks like Trevor is already a master. He's like, he said he's played a few times and his dice are ready. I was so. going to say like, that's one thing that you would yeah. need is dice. Um, <laughs> and that's really, you know, depending on how we play that may be the only thing you need is dice. Um, so, I mean, if Trevor is down to play, then, Hey, we can, we can put him on the docket and try to find, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, he, he was, uh, put him on all, all kind of short list. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take the heat for this one. You want to comes down to it, Nick and I, we, we, we want the other three people to have some sort of following. Okay. Uh, why we'd love to bring in the fandos, the diehards, the, the discorders, not quite yet. And, and just, just hear us out like the we're still tiny. We still have almost zero reach beyond a few videos here, there, a few lucky, you know, SERPs we, we, that people search certain keywords with. So the, the idea here for this first one is try to get as many eyes as possible on the live stream, on the recording to hopefully generate interest in doing more of these, but ultimately more interest in the Star Wars time show community. You know, getting more people to come play with us on Tuesdays, hang out, shit talk, get me angry. That that's the goal. So we we definitely are trying to target people that have a significant following on social medias. So yeah, one six shooter was an idea. Sir Dork was an idea. Um, I, I even threw out there, and I don't even know if we would get them because they're they're kind of a whole other echelon of Star Wars fan content creators. But Star Wars explained. Uh, I think would be a good fit for this. I, I don't know either one of them. I don't know Molly or the, the fucking guy's name, but they have, they have a following and, and I think they would get into this. So that, that's why we're looking at trying to, uh, the, the other three candidates would, would have some, some juice on social media. <laughs> so don't take it personally, you know, Spencer and the rest. I know it was Spencer's idea, but we're, we got to do things to try and, 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 and draw more eyes to the channel. Yeah. Okay. And I think that this would be a good way to one kind of diversify the content that we're doing. Cause everything that we do is kind of focused yeah. on star Wars news and what's happening in the star Wars. Universe. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's our show. Yeah. And then my, my shitty shorts in yeah. between the shows. So, you know, doing something like this, a good way to diversify content. It's also a good way for us to have fun with Star Wars. I know that like uh, over the past year or so, it's Star Wars has become like a, a hotbed topic in pop culture and there's a lot of controversy around uh, different things. But hey, what we're going to be doing is going to be something that uh, it won't be canon, obviously, because I'm writing the story. All of the characters are going to be created by your players. And I'm even going to let them decide once we have our roster of players lined up, I will let you guys pick what era you want to play in. Do you want to play Old Republic? Do you want to play sequel trilogy? Sequel trilogy. trilogy? (laughs) How do you want to do it? Here we go. Nick, sequel trilogy and you're rewriting The Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) 
Go. Yeah. That's the, that's the that's, fucking that's story. The, that's the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, it's a fun way to just do it in of, cosplay. Oh, I, I'll, I'll dress up. I don't give a yeah. shit. Um, uh, it depends on, on what character Nick makes me, but I'll no, dress up. You're making up. your character. Uh, you're going to make All your right. character. Well, I've, I've got, I've got Jedi robes, but I don't know if I want to go easy. That, that's too easy for me. We'll, we'll figure <laughs> yeah, something we'll figure out, out, Mike Mansell. Don't worry. But, uh, it, it, <laughs> it's going to be a fun little thing to do. Um, like I said, once we identify our players, then, um, what we'll do is have a couple of like sit down talks on Skype or on whatever else. Just get an idea of what everybody's experience level is and then start to go into some ideating, you know, just get a feel for like what what like what would you want to do, Matt? Like what's something that you think would be interesting? Uh, and then I'll kind of like after I get their thoughts and ideas and everything like that, I will craft the story um, and then we'll go into our first play session. Yeah, just just let, let's not let it get too democratic or <laughs> I think that that meeting could take four hours. Oh, so yeah. you are I'm granting you. <laughs> You are the man. Like the, anything with Star Wars, Time Show, D and D, you're you're the boss. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you just say no. You're stupid. Your idea sucks. We're doing what I say. That's completely fine. But, um, All right. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's the plan right, right now. Cool. Is just to uh, find some players, get some stuff going, and then uh, play some Star Wars flavored D and D. I think it'd be a fun time. So do you have like? timeline in your head we we think over the next few weeks a month or two a month yeah i mean hopefully think. if we can get the players locked down in the next couple of weeks um i should be able to have the first session written in like a month or so yeah uh you know All right, cool yeah uh just yeah like because first things first we have to before I can start writing, I want you guys to make your characters and I just want to get a general idea of like the time period that you want to play. Yeah. In. You and I just we, we need to sit down and do our dream list on players, reach out, yeah. lock down the player base. And then from there, we'll probably have a better estimate on, on delivery. Yeah. So we, we may be able All to right. give you an update next week on how things are progressing in terms of uh, the, the, the status of the project. But that is something that we just wanted to introduce we're going to be doing some Star Wars D&D here on the Star Wars Time Show. I'm excited. If you know people who like D&D and like Star Wars but don't like Star Wars enough to watch a weekly show about the news on it, hey, poke them and say like, hey, these guys are going to be playing a Star Wars flavored D&D campaign. I think that you might like it. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we'll see what happens. This is going to be sweet. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to like, once we figure this out, I'm going to have to like get a whole backstory for my character. Oh, yeah. I, I may actually, that's the fun I may part go method. It. That's the fun part. I, I listen, I, I may go method. So once I figure out my character, I may be stuck in that character <laughs> until we deliver the program. So I could be technically hosting uh, future episodes of the star Wars time show as my D and D care. Yeah. All right. Wait, I'm going full on Daniel day Lewis with this shit. Hey man. All right. <laughs> ah, all right now th- I, i'm 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 excited this sounds fun uh i, I i'm honestly i'm most excited in in nick's story i want to see what he cooks up i think that's gonna kick ass so we'll, we'll keep you in the know um sw props trust me i appreciate you brother I, I know what you've tried to do for the show and who you've brought to us 
just timing this, timing that. And, you know, sadly, even when we had real Star Wars guests to interviews, people still didn't give a shit. And then so, some people just stole them, yeah. stole our content and then made it made it on their own channel. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. It's Star Wars analysts lifting our yeah. interviews and yeah. bl- blurring out all of our branding. So, but I'd like whatever. to see somebody try to Don't steal worry. the D&D show. That is just us talking right. about <laughs> all of our own stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they will and they'll get hundreds of thousands of views and we will not. But that's <laughs> we do this. As as people tell themselves all the time, I'm on social media for the fun of it. Uh, I just enjoy it. I don't do it for the attention and likes. Fuck you. You know that's a lie. You're lying to yourself. No one uses social media just for fun. You're putting stuff out there to get a reaction, whether you believe it or not. Okay. Woo. Speaking of posting again, Nick. I think uh, over the past week, I have posted four fucking toy pics to Haywood Pop again on Instagram. It's like the account, they're giving it fucking CPR, like WWE (laughs) style, like the Undertaker. And they're just going to, it's like a smashed an urn on the ring and it popped back up. And it is fun. I, I forget how much fun it is to post and then have people like react to something you've created. I I mean, I used to use it as a drug. I can remember when I was knee deep in toy photography, you know, 15, 16, 17, probably 18. Every night doing the, 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 whatever the fuck the toy feature share rounds were in the morning, leaving comments, leaving comments on other people, thanking people for the comments. And it, it kind of makes you feel good as a meat bag. But it also takes up a lot of time. So I don't know how, how deep I'm going to get into it. I, I did build up a bit of a portfolio over the Christmas break. I, I got a few more portraits to edit, but it, it's been nice. I, I finally cleared the one sixers out of here. Now I just got to decide if I'm ever going to shoot 112 again, or if I just want to put them all in a trash bag, <laughs> throw them out in my court and hope someone comes and get it before I change my mind. All right. Yeah, we got you, Mansell. We'll, we'll do a post once we have more details. He's talking about the, the D&D. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. That's today's show. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> just kidding. It's Bad Batch time. Even though I know some of you are probably rolling your eyes, I, I saw a few of the comments on the question of the week, at least the story one. I got a, I got a banger. Oh, wait. Um, Speaking like of I, the story one, before we even get there, I think you may have put the wrong screenshot in the, uh, in the chat for it. By the way, uh, was it like a porno? No. <laughs> oh shit! I was I was in the lead. If you're on the live stream, I was in the middle of posting. Hey, we're doing the Star Wars time show today on Instagram, but I never hit okay. Uh, that's that's. I mean, that's how you that that's how you have a show that 20 people watch a week. But yeah, I, I mean, think, that, that's uh, the way you do it. I think <laughs> the the one that you posted in questions in our uh, in our questions little section here on the on the Slack was an okay. email update. Let, let me, from, Let me check this shit out. From Gahana. Oh yeah, no, that that's always a good a- update to get. Today I get an update from my my kids' school system that they're um, sheltering place because of a bomb threat. Oh my god! This is the second shelter in place my school district has had in five days. That's insane. Yeah, five uh, days. Yeah, that's yes. Wow. Some, yeah. Uh, okay. Strange. All right, I deleted I deleted that, and I'll I will add the correct one now. <laughs> Did I not? I must. I must have missed that. But yeah, hold on. We're doing the show live. Chill, everyone. Chill out. I got because it was a good. It was a good uh, story reply. I just hope I remember who it was from. 
Fuck. I got guys saying he's, he's auctioning off all his old Star Wars, but I don't open links in Instagram. So no. if you're listening, guy, Dominic Sandrini is trying to auction off old Star Wars stuff. I, I, I refuse to open links anymore. I'm just too much bad shit has happened to people like Sir Dork. So fuck that. Oh, uh, man. Well, it looks like I'm not going to find this guy. Oh, here we go. I got it. <laughs> Sir, Sir Thomas will have his voice heard. God damn it. <laughs> I, w- I will not. I will not silence him. Okay. Here we go. Almost done, people. See, this is how. This is what you happens. You, some you, real time. You do things live Re- sometimes. And, <laughs> hey, you, know, you get the you get to see how the the sausage is made over here at the Star Wars time show. That's now. right, Amanda cosplay in a bikini. I wish I got my ass kicked for that one too. So you got you got to watch out. People get angry over here. <laughs> okay, what are we doing? The Star Wars time show. Yes. All right. Yes. I I got some Star Wars for you, Nick, in the form of Bad Batch season two, episode four faster and guess what there was no talk about family so the tortorellas will be pissed right <laughs> or dom what, what's dom's last name uh toretto um, it's not yeah toretto what i call him tort- Tort- tortellini like, I call him like pasta <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah john portabella mushroom yeah. john okay i'm going home nick you finish the show <laughs> what the fuck John, Dom, Tortellini, Tortorini, I can't, I, I'm lost. Let's talk Star <laughs> Let's talk Wars. Clearly, Star Wars. I, clearly, I can't handle anything else. All right, so, you know, it's time to break down the latest episode of The Bad Batch, which was episode four. And, and as we said at the, at the onset of the show, listen, it, th- there was hardly any meat in terms of, of plot in Faster. Uh, but we we'll, we'll we'll talk about it we'll we'll analyze it we'll go deep with it as deep as you can get with an episode like faster and if you are new here we each give our own personal take on it our own little review critique and then we'll get in and kind of talk about some of the more key moments and what that may mean for the episode the characters the franchise star wars in general moving forward and then we'll talk about some references easter eggs and have a party so uh nick i know it's fresh in your mind and we we chatted about it it faster it, it is what it is right? it is what Go it ahead. is is a good way to put it um it was a it was a side quest that's what i'll kind of call this one uh faster was focused on uh tech wrecker and omega uh being the bodyguards for sid as she went off to this uh what is it sakatama i think is what it was called somatama yes uh, sofatoma, sofatoma something, like that. something like that uh planet and uh you know, they were just supposed to provide protection, stuff like that. We find out that it's a racing episode. So very similar to some of the, uh, you know, the pod racing that we saw in episode one. Um, and it was really like overall, this episode was kind of here to highlight tech. One of the players in the bad batch that often falls to the, to the wayside or also, you know, plays like second fiddle. Sophitoma. Sophitoma. There we go. There we I, go. I, um, you know, that can often play second fiddle. Um, and this, this episode was, was to give tech his time in the spotlight. And, and for that particular purpose, I think the, uh, it did a great job of bringing him to the forefront while Hunter and Echo were off on a separate mission, uh, dropping off some, what was it? Some, some nuggets. I forgot what kind of nuggets they were. Yeah. No, literally like, like, like Like shit nuggets or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean like if, 
if you've seen the Clone Wars, then you know that there are often a lot of these types of episodes or arcs that pop up in the middle of seasons just to kind of take a break from the main storyline. And that's kind of what Faster was. It was a little detour, a little fun journey with just three of the members of the batch. Um, and we get to see Tech kind of uh, put himself out there and be the be the main character. So, I mean, he is a pimp, man. He is. That, that, like, when, when he realized they were all cheering for him, he's like, oh, all right. Yeah. And he, he flicks him, flicks him the, I got you. Yeah. I love my fans type <laughs> of thing. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you too. It, it was, it was entertaining. I, I love the, uh, the, the whole riot racing stuff was, was great. I, I love the races, the racing action. It was fun. It was tense. It was a kind of a, a, a spin on, on pod racing, yeah. you know, a little more Mad Max Thunderdome style than, than what you got at the Boonta Eve Classic in, in TPM. At least, you know, they're they're legally allowed to have weapons and shit on their, their racers, yes. where in pod racing, we know Sabalba was just a dickhead. Yeah, just throwing stuff out. Uh, so I, so I, I loved all that, and like Nick said, it, it seems like in Season 2, um, Tech is getting more time in the spotlight, which is great. He's becoming more of a character and less of a protocol droid if you will. And that, that's kind of how he was portrayed in season one. He was always there to get him out of a jam when it came to tech. Now he's, he's actually becoming a, a character. Now I, I do love tech. Uh, I don't want to say he's like me because I, I've never really identified myself as yes, I am a nerd and I am a geek, but for some reason in life, I've been able to hide that from people. Like I, I, it's hard to explain, but Nick, I think you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Like there are people you look at them and they're probably great people, but you're like, fuck, they are a complete fucking dork. <laughs> yes, yes. You know what I mean? It's just like, you just look at me like, that's a nerd. Like they, I, you feel bad for them. You know, they probably had a rough life, uh, but you know, once they're of age, they'll probably run a company or invent the next greatest thing. I love nerdy stuff. I have my whole life. That's my favorite thing to get into. But if you didn't know me, you would never... I mean, unless you look at my surroundings, yeah. you would never identify me as this guy's a fucking I think dork. That both like, of us have kind he, of short lived. Yeah, you're yeah. you're you're like this too. Yeah. I mean, people look at me, they're like, "Wow, he's short and he's got muscles, so he's probably not a dork." But I'm a fucking huge dork. Um, you, you you know what I'm talking about? But that that's tech. Tech is like the nerd. Like he's nerd nerd, and I think they're they're using these episodes to not necessarily bring him out of that that role but make him feel a little more like a like a real character and not a droid if that makes sense yeah um i um it it i was disappointed that y- there there was really nothing of substance in the episode though and and yeah. it got very very damn close very close like i said i was puckering to be to becoming what a lot of you have described as as other Star Wars that, that may have bored you filler. Uh, it was very close. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I was almost gonna have to break my creed and like Din Djarin, I was gonna have to go you know walk away with the tail between my legs and go under a, a mountain and play in some living waters to regain my honor in Nick's eyes. But at the very end, <laughs> at the very end. When uh, Malegi like literally stops the Bad Batch, and he's and you know Malegi, he's he's a seedy type criminal underworld. I mean, he seems somewhat reasonable for that type of person, 
Although what he was doing before the bet played out was very shady. I mean, you could see they ran over Teo for the second time on purpose in the pits. That wasn't by accident. But Malegi, even as shady as he is, he's like, listen, man, you, I commend you guys and your loyalty. But you should really fucking be careful when you throw that type of love and loyalty towards someone like Sid. And if you remember when Sid and Malegi were talking by themselves and she's like, no, I've changed. I've turned, you know, I've turned to over a lead, blah, blah, that, that type of shit. Like she, like you could tell Sid has done some heinous shit in her past, which I think we all, we all knew. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, she's, she's a fucking, she, she's a gangster, right? She, she lives in the criminal underworld. She runs a bar, but it's more or less a front for all the shady sh- shit she does with pirates and, and looting this, that, and the other things. So if we didn't get that, because obviously that, that, that's going to, that's a clear foreshadow moment of there's going to come a point in time, probably in season two, where Sid's going to be presented with a situation where she could turn on the batch, even though, I mean, I, they're like, oh, you, you know, you save Sid. I mean, they've been saving Sid's ass since they showed up on Ord Mantel. So I, I don't know where the fuck she gets off on acting like they owe her something just because she allows them to shack up on the planet. Uh, but it, it's coming. And and I don't, it, 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 more than likely, more, ugh, man, I'm awful today. More than likely, it, it, it could be pressure from the Empire, you know, putting the thumb down on her, maybe fucking with her businesses. Like, hey, we, we know you've had dealings with these guys. Where are they? Rat them out. And she's going to be presented with the choice to either repay them or sell them out. So that that honestly is is the one narrative uh, redeeming quality of BBS2E4 faster. Yeah, yeah, I, I, so I would agree would, with that. Um like I told Matt before we went live, I was like, as soon as I sat down and started this episode and they were like, Hunter and Echo are are off on a different mission. I knew I was like, all right, I can kind of do some stuff and just kind of pay attention to this while it's in the background. Um, it, you know, it, it I will say this. It, it was not a bad episode. It was better than a lot of these side quest type of non primary story arcs from uh, Clone Wars. I mean, I can specifically remember episodes where it was literally like the droids and not even like some droids that we had no idea who they were just kind of like wandering through a desert. Um, so, you know, not to that level of like, why the fuck are we watching this? But, uh, definitely off of the main story track, there was still some fun stuff. Very, like we were saying, very reminiscent of the pod racing from episode one, uh, good fun dynamics with tech, uh, kind of being the the main character of this one. And like you mentioned, towards the end of the episode, when he hears the crowd kind of cheering for him, yeah, he's and like, then he like... It's like, oh, people like me. Yeah, you know, like he he kind of revels in that for a little bit. So you get to see a different side of tech than you usually do. Um, and it also just goes to show you that like, uh, you know, the, the, the pod racing scene that happens on Tatooine at the Boon to Eve... Um, isn't the only type of thing like that in the galaxy. There are other places out there uh, that also do similar types of races and stuff like that. Um, I also like the quip that that Teo made in the beginning that like uh, about like, oh, you, what, you think a human could do this? Make all of these split second decisions, blah, 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 because that kind of harkens back to what 
uh, Qui-Gon was saying about, yeah. you know, with Anakin, yeah, with Anakin, like, oh, you can make all these split second decisions. You must have, you know, and that's kind of what keyed him in on. Maybe this kid has uh, a little bit of the force in him. So uh, overall, it was a fun I'm glad journey. you brought up Teo. Teo was a great little character, cameo character by Ben Schwartz, the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. You've seen him in other comedies. He's a pretty funny ben dude. Ben Schwartz is very funny. Uh, but but, but I, as soon as I heard that voice, I was like, I know who that guy is. And uh, I don't want to, I'll save the other cameo for our actual references and breakdown. But we, we had two cameos in this episode. So, uh, hey, it was fun. It was entertaining. I think Riot Racing is a hoot. I would I would take a little video game. Yeah, you know, would I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if we saw Riot Racing show up in Star Wars again. But maybe not a full on episode yeah. of just racing for gangsters. Yeah. It's like make okay. a uh, right. yeah, like make a little uh, keep, Mario. Kart. Just keep it in the background. Yeah. Mario Kart style game. Go. I think that would be fun. Dude, I'll tell you what. And you may have been too young, but they did back in PS2 days. It was called I think it was called Star Wars Super Bombast. Racing. I, yeah, I remember no you had shit. bringing this up before, yeah. And and it was more or less a Mario Kart clone, but with Star Wars skins. So like your vehicles looked like the ships, and your players had like the the bobbleheads almost. It was awesome, awesome. I mean, Maul was in it. It was like um, prequel era characters, uh, but it kicked ass. And yeah, I, I would be all for that. I, Mario Kart, the greatest kart racer of all time. And I'll take any uh, any skins of it, especially if it's Star Wars. So um, real quick before we get into the top moments, and, and this isn't something I, I thought myself when I was watching this, but when I went through Reddit just to see what people were, were saying, because I like to do that, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, there, there's a few people that are like, hey, did this kind of remind you of a Resistance episode? And I was like, you know what? If you think about yeah, it, it the, really did. The ring I mean, racing. Like, like with the, yeah, yeah, like Resistance had its, its, its ring races and a lot. some of its episodes would be just kind of light fare like this where... You know the the racing's fun, but but nothing overall plot wise necessarily happens. I, I know a lot of you are rolling your eyes. Star Wars Resistance is vomit. I I actually enjoyed Resistance. I I, I still am a fan of of the character of Kaz. Uh, we always we what would we call him? He was like the the dopey hero. Yeah, he, I mean, he was just a different type of hero. Yeah. Like he was a, he's like a slapstick, but still the guy. So yeah, I could see the resistance parallels a little bit in this episode. Yeah, Although sure. I don't know, I don't know if that that sells it any. Yeah, I know people, people fucking hated resistance. So yeah, they'll probably be like, "Yeah, see, asshole, that's why this episode sucked dick." If it, if you're saying it's like resistance, point made. It's like no, I I kind of like that. Yeah, one six shooter. I, I heard this from King of a Weird too, saying the 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 racing was kind of like the wipeout game from from back in the day. Um, all right. So there you go. That, that's kind of what we thought. They're definitely not the, the best of episodes, but not a complete waste of time. And, and honestly, Nick, the, the, the creators didn't do it any justice by dropping it one week after episode like three. A real one of the greatest banger of an episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, one, one of the greatest Bad Batch episodes in, in both seasons. And, and then they, they follow up with this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that was a real. I don't know if that was the best choice. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't know if that was the best choice. You might you might want to done an episode where you get a little of the full batch, maybe check in on the Empire for a bit, then go into the lighter fare. But what the fuck do we know? We're in our basements. All right, so there you go. 
Okay, um, so let, let, let's dive a little bit deeper in here with some of the top moments. And, and hell, there there was two I I, I notified, and uh, I I really and and we talked about this, but Tex race in particular. I've got some of the screens right now if you're on the live stream to check it out. But they went out of their way, Nick, to recall the boon to eve start right like from the the fanfare of the music playing the crowd cheering all the racers lining up at a line all the racers getting their introductions right and doing their little bows and all that fun stuff yeah. so it was it was very reminiscent of anakin's entry into the boon to eve where they go through and like team tobe habalba. you know you got the two-headed announcer doing all this shit so i i, I love that direct parallel to the phantom menace and um techs you know kind of how really everything with tech in the race you know how he raced the the decisions he made the gambles he took and and at the end the the tech chance i really did i I felt good for tech because as you could see he's not he's not used to being commended for anything he does because when you work in a group like the bad batch you're just expected to fulfill your role and fucking move on, right? Take care of your brothers. That that's all that matters. But here, he he's actually being, uh, you know, applauded for his own feat, his own accomplishment, and you could genuinely see that he was somewhat moved, touched, proud of himself, whatever you want to call it. So I really, I, I while it was light on plot, I, I really think the riot racing, in particular, Tex race. Very well done, especially with those callbacks to the Boon to Eve race in TPM. Um, final top moment, and we, we already kind of talked about this a little bit, but uh, it's the moment that <laughs> saved this episode from being that <laughs> dirty word, the filler, and, and that was Malagi's warning yeah. about Sid. And, and as I said before, Nick, he... It was it was genuine. Like, did you feel it was, you know, gangsters competing gangsters? They'll, they'll always say shit like this, yeah. right? They'll always say it to the opposing side. Like, hey, you better watch your back. Your boss is a blah, blah, blah. But I, I felt like Malegi was genuinely like, listen, guys, what you did was way over the top. Mad respect. But I'm telling you, you're, you're putting your eggs in the wrong fucking basket with Sid. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, it seemed I'm, like it seemed like he went out of the way to, to warn them. Yeah, I mean, he definitely. I think it was a legitimate warning that he was giving them, but it's also like, hey, man, like it could be a legitimate warning, but also be selfish. Like you know, he knows. Like of now, course, it'll, he's a, it'll benefit him somehow. Yeah, exactly. Like now, he's aware that like Clone Force Night, like these clones, these like former, uh, you know, former Republic clones are working with Sid. I'm sure he sees it as an opportunity like, hey, if I can pull some business away from her and also get these highly trained clones to work with me, then that's a that's a win win. Um, But I do think that there is some legitimacy Uh, kind of. And that goes back to what you mentioned earlier when she was talking to Malegi before and she's like, I've changed my ways. You know, I like I do things differently than I did uh, back then. Uh, So there definitely is some some credence to what he's telling the batch. Now, is that just purely based off of, you know, some some years old dealings that those two had together? Um, Maybe. But uh, I I do think and I really hope because if they don't pay off on this, then I really do think that this whole episode can can be looked at with 2020 hindsight and be like, man, this this was really just kind of like (laughs) Uh, slotted in. (laughs) 
if it gets to that point, you you can be the one to call it the F word. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm not um, going to do it. I'm not going to do but it. But I do think that this is that it is a, a foreshadowing of something to come that maybe the batch finds out some unsavory things about Sid and chooses to not work with her or her old ways kind of come back around and ends up screwing over the batch in that, a way that they're not. That's expecting. what I'm interested in. Do you like you personally, do you think it's going to be more of she sells them out or they learn enough that the, uh, that they're like, you know what? It, it, it's time to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like I'm going with selling them out. Yeah. I mean, to me, it was always like when we were first introduced to Sid, that was one of the things that we were concerned about. Even through the first season, we're like, man, at any, like she seems unsavory, but not unsavory enough to turn on them yet. Like she knows who they are. Well, they're, they're making money for it. like yeah. pe- people like Sid as long as as long as you're bringing in the cash they don't give a shit yeah. you know what I mean so I guess that that's why I I I feel like if she if she does decide to sell them out it's gonna have to be an offer that's that's the greatest thing she's ever received yeah you know what I mean exactly so uh or they'll or they'll grab someone she sh- that's you know important to her I don't know if transdotions can love love other races or other transdotions, but you know, maybe, maybe they snag a family member or something like that. And they, they hold them ransom in exchange for the bad batch. And that's what compels her to think about it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean it to me. Yeah. I agree with you. If that's, if that's what's going to happen, if she's actually going to turn on them, it would require something pretty huge in terms of financial gain on her side to do it. Because at this point, like you right. mentioned, like they're kind of, a cash cow. I mean, I know that they've had, they've had missions, missions that's gone wrong and and stuff like that, but they can be trusted to do basically anything. Um, well, I mean, dude, you said at the, at the opening of our breakdown, she's essentially right now in this episode using Hunter and echo as fucking space couriers. Yeah. Like literally just like to to drop off like food items or something like like that. There's nothing that they won't do. Um, so it would be interesting to see how, like, if if she was to just straight turn on them, how that would happen, whether it be, you know, direct intervention by the Empire. So maybe they actually get a hold of her and, and, and like, force Yeah, that, force I that. mean, to me, it, it would have to be Imperial-based, yeah. I think, for Sid to consider any turn. Like, she's either going to die, as they're saying here in the live stream chat, or someone close to her is going to get wiped out. But I, I ultimately don't see Sid going fully through with this potential heel turn. Well, she's already a heel. Yeah. Or, you know, sell out of Clone Force 99. I I think it'll get like right up to the tipping point and maybe she realizes she's an asshole and kind of gives herself over for it or or cancels things out right before it's too late. Yeah. So uh, the only other way that I could see this going is that um, they find out that Sid is like, actively i mean kind of like uh what we saw happen in in tlj a bit with with dj and finn where where they find out that like hey yeah you know sid's doing some of this stuff like these jobs that you guys are doing but she's also like doing jobs that are actively helping the empire and then yeah that yeah like the work is actually for the empire yeah, and like from in sid's mindset she's like whatever man like i'm i'm a yeah, like i'm in the middle credits like i don't i'm not a rebel i'm not a you know a, an imperial or anything like that i'm a money maker and you know that could be something that the batch has to like kind of deal with maybe have a kind like 
you know, causes some strife with, uh, with Sid, maybe even like causes them to say like, Hey, we're just not going to work with you anymore. If this is the type of business practices that you're going to continue to go after. Um, here's something else to think about. Um, do you think based on how echo is really edging towards like, what the fuck are we doing guys? Like Hunter and I just delivered nuggets. Yeah. Like we are a well-oiled fighting unit. We we could change the tide of a war just the the you know the four of us. What are we doing? So could you see could you see this potential betrayal by Sid as being the launch pad for them to get into the 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 foray, like the resistance? I could. Or do you could you see them already getting into that before Sid turns i could see them i could see this being like the catapult i could see this being like hey we we tried to go do the the you know the independent route where we tried to go do the thing where it's like hey we're just going to take jobs make money and then live our life but even that didn't work out you know like we found out through the side that you know even the work that we're doing here is somehow tangentially you know uh benefiting the empire so hey we're we're just going to go full in we're going to find uh, people to make contact with, whether it be Ahsoka as Fulcrum, whether it be seeking out Rex um, or anything like that. Um, I do think that that post Sid, which I think is going to happen this season, they are going to start to lean more towards like an actual re- like rebel style yeah, I, of function. Yeah, I, I agree. I think by the end of the season, they'll be well into their their next journey as in fighting back against the empire in full versus just, you know, Hey, we're on a mission for Sid and Hey, the empire's there. We'll fuck with them a little bit. Cause that, that's kind of what they've been doing. They've just been doing like little hit jobs on the empire, uh, with, with the intention of getting credits and, and shit for Sid to sell it, by the end of the season, they'll have learned enough, maybe about Sid, but definitely enough about the galaxy and the empire itself that they're going to have no choice, but to fight back. Yeah. Uh, I really do. We, we'd have to look at the episode titles again, but I, I think we will be able to, f- I know they're going to make it to that, that, that mountain, the cloning facility. We, we've got our next double episode coming up here at the halfway point, I think in the next few weeks. Cause obviously I have it circled cause double episode days mean double work. Double videos. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, like one six shooter here in the chat, Sid's gets squeezed, turns him into empire yeah. crossfire, could, starts to glitch and he saves. I'm sure. I mean, I could definitely see I, um, I, I guess I look at it this way and it's a cartoon and it's star Wars, but I know some of you question things like this in, in series like Kenobi, but if you're rampart, you're the guy that, that, is kind of in the background monitoring clone activity and, and you would be most concerned with clone force 99 not being a thing. Why, why bring them in? Why not just fucking blow them up yeah. whenever you, you catch them. But like I said, it's star Wars. It's storytelling. Very rarely do bad guys do smart things. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. J- just, just be prepared for that. Cause you know, a lot. Everyone got all upset with with some of the live action, like Book of Boba and Kenobi. But it, it, that that's just Star Wars. That's just what happens. Because if we're saying here that Sid's going to turn on him and the Empire's just going to put him in jail, like what the fuck are we? They're they're the same dumbass Empire that could let a Jedi and a little kid into a a, a, a essentially an island fortress and let him walk out. All right, so let's just let's just remember all that type of stuff. 
Okay. All right. Like I said, I mean, there, there's not much. I think we've already spun yeah. our wheels too much there's, on fast. There's definitely so not let, much let's meat get on the bone. The, yeah. <laughs> it really is. And, and you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give us a fucking pat on the back for even talking about it as long as we did. Uh, but guess what? We're not done because we're the Star Wars time show. And of course, we can beat a dead horse dead. <laughs> so we, we, we still have a few Easter eggs, references, new planets, cameos, all that fun stuff from this episode faster. Um, I already mentioned the one cameo in, in Ben Schwartz playing Teo, RIP. I don't think he's ever coming back to life. Uh, the other cameo was Malegi himself. And Nick, I don't know if you guessed it by the voice. But it was none other than Ernie Hudson of Ghostbuster fame okay. was the voice of Malegi. Nice. nice. Right, I did so not, our, I did not cameos. him for that uh, immediately. But yeah, I, you, you know, I was it. listening to it. I was like, this guy sounds familiar, but I couldn't nail it down. Yeah. But you know me, I always stay for the credits. And sure enough, it was revealed. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of references and whatnot, again, some cheap ass low life stuff. Like I, I almost, I have to convince myself now to even put these videos out. And I think the reason I do it because I do them in shorts and shorts for some reason, get eyes and bring in subs. So I suck it up, but there, there was really no true Easter eggs again in this episode. But of course there were some references. We got the, the Jarek board there and, and Sid's bar. Yay. On Safatoma as they're walking towards the arena. If you look to your left on the screen, there was a blurg displaying. Might even be a womp rat underneath it. But yes, I picked that up too, just in case you gave a shit. Uh, next moment of note, that was our Teo, Ben Schwartz, a.k.a. Sonic the Hedgehog. We had Malegi. You had to like the droid racer Quasar, right? Who, who, who was kind of copping C-3PO's look from Attack of the Clones, where he had a protocol droid body with a B-1 yeah. head solder, soldered onto it. So <laughs> I, I, I like that. I like his, like, you know, you gotta love B ones and he's in that body. He's getting all cocky doing like the gun, like the, like he's a wild west shooter. He's like, papa shooter McGavin. They do a great so, job he, of giving these, like, especially in like little scenes like that, like giving these characters personality. Yes. Uh, that's, I love that shit. I mean, that, that's why that's the beauty. A lot of times of star Wars animation is what the animators will do with these ancillary background characters who who get like two seconds of of cell time but nick you're you're you're, you're spot on i mean they they really do have a per every one of these racers i felt like i could have watched an episode about them just based on their intro so kudos to that um and last but not least there was a um you know, the, the part where the race and text like, fuck it, I'm going to go on the, the closed down section. And, and once the announcer saw that, they're like, oh, text taking them. So one way trip to Lotho Minor. And if you remember, Lotho Minor is the junk world. Oh, from that Savajo Press found his brother on yes. in the Clone Wars. That That's where D Darth Maul ended up on Lotho Minor when he was that that fucked up crazy insane spider version of yes. himself that was yeah. lotho minor so that was a nice little uh call back to that and it made sense he's essentially saying if you go on this track there's a good chance you're headed to the junk world so nice little reference to the clone wars and last but not least new characters and planets mentioned teo we got a new droid malegi we had a new criminal underworld type and then safatoma was our new, new location from this episode so there you go 
If you've never been here for one, that is your Star Wars Time Show deep dive into the Bad Batch. Yeah, it was it wasn't a deep pool, but we went as deep as it could go. <laughs> right. So. I mean, we jumped in and realized it was a foot deep, and I am now paralyzed. <laughs> but we, we we did we did our duty. Yes. Okay. Yes, we did. We did our um, best. So tomorrow or whenever you're listening to it, episode five, Nick. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, episode five. Where do, where do we go? Do we, do, do we get back to like some meat? Does it stay with the Bad Batch? Do we get some Empire? What say you? I think that we get back to the meat. I think it's definitely an episode that puts the Batch back together um, because I don't think that they would go two episodes in a row where, I mean, essentially, like this would be three episodes in a row where you either have no Batch or only parts of the Bad Batch together. Um. So I this next one I'm pegging it for Bad Batch is back together. Um, they're gonna get a new what I'll call like a primary story arc mission that pushes them. Um, that you know continues the actual storyline that we have established. Um, and I think that this may be an episode episode five where they get their first hint of like what is going to drag them through or pull them through the rest of the story mission. Maybe this is the first hint of like, you know, getting reached out or like getting a communication from somebody about like a rebel activity, you know, like forming some sort of like underground resistance. Um, you going with, with the Rex episode already or not that far? Not into quite the... to Rex, but I feel like okay. they, this is where the tease of Rex could start to come in, you know, like, Maybe they hear rumblings of, you know, there's some there's some underground resistances that are forming on these planets. Um, maybe they 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 intercept a transmission or they get a transmission from uh, from a, a a shadowy figure, kind of like in season one, um, you know, or this could be the one where where we get the follow up to what happened with Cody and Cody and the batch kind of have a little run in together. That would be nice. Uh, so that I, would be nice. So I do think that it is an episode that that kind of sets the batch on their path because we haven't really had that yet. We haven't had the no. the episode where it's like this is going to be what they're kind of going after for this season. No, you're right. I, I think Echo was was trying to push his team towards what they should be doing, but obviously did not get there. So all right, my prediction here, like it, it's probably gonna turn into more my want, but <laughs> I do think we return to standard Bad Batch. The whole group's together. They go on a mission, uh, but the mission's going to have some meat, probably the Empire entanglements, and hopefully that includes entangling with clones and Crosshair. Because these two, those two factions have not butted heads since the season one finale. Now, what I would, would like to see... Is kind of what Nick was selling over there. I, I, it would be nice if we got right back to the whole Cody AWOL and he somehow finds Clone Force 99. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be fucking fantastic. I don't think that's going to happen this early or if ever. Uh, I do believe Cody's ultimate fate will be resolved with moving images. I don't, I don't think this is just going to be an off-screen deal. Uh, I don't think it's coming this soon. But I, I think we're back to... Standard Bad Batch, but the mission is like I think what Nick was hinting at. The the mission may may push them over the <laughs> the cliff finally. Mm. Uh, they, they they might may finally see enough atrocity where they're like, you know what? Uh, 
that's enough being Aaron boys. Uh, we need to think about something. And maybe them just even thinking about leaving Sid and because remember, they didn't get all their credits from Mission One, which is supposedly going to cut them free. Maybe that's what starts the wheels turning in Sid's head. Like, hey, if these fuckers are going to leave me, and I'll get, I, I might as well, I might as well get mine and and just fucking sell them out. Yeah, get what they can uh, out of them. Yeah, that's right. a good call. So I, I actually, I, I literally just predicted absolutely nothing. So. There you go. <laughs> I left it wide open. That way I can pound my chest regardless next week. But, uh, you know, the cartoons are, are they're a lot harder than live action because y- you have more episodes they are shorter and they're, they're just naturally not going to get as deep into into character and, you know, monologues. Y- you're not going to get like Luthen Royale type of shit in Bad Batch. OK, no. just, it, it is what it is. So it, it's hard to predict, especially because they don't. Like Nick said, we, we really don't have a main narrative. I mean, I, I laid out the potentials after the premiere. I mean, obviously, Echo's penchant for getting involved and actually doing good in the galaxy. Omega and, and just her feelings of, am I dragging these fuckers down? Could they be doing more without me? Yeah. And and then, you know, obviously from the crosshair perspective and, and what the hell he's up to. But we, we as Nick's right, we, we have not gotten into those at all we we've sniffed them so i'm I'm going nick i, I think five is going to be you're at least going to be able to sense like all right i see where this season's going i like it bring on episode six yeah no i mean okay dude you, you've had code right yeah. yes i have yep <clears throat> do you um do you do you think you're going to be a long hauler, or you, have you noticed anything about your your system that has changed since having COVID? That's a good question because I have been thinking about it recently. It's like the, to me, it's my memory, which is the weirdest okay. thing. Like you know, like it's it's not like respiratory issues, like short term or, or long term. Short, short term memory, one hundred percent. Short term memory has been affected by COVID. Yeah. See. I, I definitely have what they call the brain fog. I guess to me, I, I would just say, well, it feels like I'm on some of my meds, but I guess people that don't use meds that, that end up feeling a little cloudy, that's, that's what they call it, brain fog. Yeah. But there were, I'll, I'll just, some days I'll wake up and I do not feel like I'm in my head, like fully in my head. Like I just, I, I feel like I'm on a trip. Yeah. A bit. No, I mean. It, like not full on, like I. You know, I ate like a, a few grams of shrooms trip, but I don't feel like I'm I'm in reality. Yeah, no, I mean, like there uh, to me, like, I mean, and Taylor's noticed it too, and it's not been as pronounced for her, but like, I forget stuff all the time now. Yeah. Like, you know, like I didn't have like, like I would, I would say like, I didn't have a, a great short term memory before this, but now it's like. It's even getting me concerned. It's like, oh man, like right. I I don't remember stuff that like I clearly should remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're not you're not like a daily user. Like I, I pretty much signed up to kill my short-term memory. So I, I can't necessarily blame COVID fully on that, but the like the fogginess and feeling out of it for sure. The reason I asked, honestly, my armpits sweat more than they've ever done in my life after having it. And my BO is it's special All time levels. Like it is, <laughs> it's, it's like some choice ass smell and BO. Like 
keep some onions under there and rub them around, rub them up your ass and <laughs> rub them back in your, your armpit type of thing. I mean, look at my fucking armpits right now. Look at, the, <laughs> ah, look at the, look the sweat line. Dude, the sweat line's going like halfway down my torso. It's like underneath my tits. Oh my God, dude. And my house is freezing cold. That's the best part. Oh, I'm in man. a basement that's always 65 degrees. That sounds like a And wonderland. I'm sitting here. Yeah, it's like, it's like, dude, I'm not nervous or anything, but my armpits are just dripping right now. And I've noticed ever since that goddamn bug, that's, that's, that's it. The, the fucked up head, like I'm not me and really stinky, sweaty armpits. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yay. I can't wait. Oh man. All these fucking diseases. It's like, you you know, I, people get on people that want to stay locked up, but I'll tell you what, those, those, that year and a half, two years is the best health I've ever had in terms of not feeling like shit, not, not being sick. And my poor fucking, my, my sister's family, her three-year-old was in the um, hospital over the weekend for RSV, pneumonia. It's just like, God damn it. Humans should not be allowed to interact with each other. <laughs> We should it. Yeah. Bring back the fucking mass. Like everyone makes fun of the mass. Mass kick ass. And I'm one of the persons, I'm too big of a pussy now. I'm like, oh, I'm not wearing them. No one else is. I don't want to look like a dickhead. But anyone that you see out wearing a mask, guess what? They're fucking smarter than you. It, it, I'll They're do smarter it than me. If I'm sick like if I'm sick and I have to go out, I will wear one. So like if like for when I was sick last time, like when Taylor and I got sick at the beginning of the year. I yeah. uh, like ran to well, yeah, you're a good person. I ran to like CVS because there's a CVS close and I was just like, I'll, I'll just put one on while I'm in there. Like, I know I'm not feeling well. It's like, why would I voluntarily right. try to get other people sick? But but at, like when you're when you're feeling fine, you don't mask, no, right? No, if, if I'm feeling OK, I, I'm walking around without it. But it really is like we we proved the science, whether you want to believe fucking personalities on, on social media. But we, we proved that if you, if you wear masks. People aren't going to get as sick as as people as when people don't wear masks. I mean, Asian countries have proven this for centuries. We're just the motherfuckers that turned it into like a a social thing that if you wear a mask, you're either one political affiliation and fucked that we fucked all that up. So now everyone's you know ended up in the hospital from basic diseases again. Ah, <sighs> when. Well, the Lord judge us all like the Bible told me so. <laughs> come down and palpitate. I want I want him to come down and fucking the rise of Skywalker palpatine us. Like that that's why <laughs> just, I feel we're at that point. Just, yeah, exactly. We're just like blah, fucking just lightnings the entire sky and ships are <laughs> dropping out left and right. Fuck humans. All right. Moving on. I've gotten so lazy these days and I don't even bother Nick. That we're just using other sites content at this point in time because honestly, some of these stories I don't I don't really care to post, but they 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 get some life out there in the Star Wars fan news network. So yeah. I figured people I mean, must like, want to hear about them. Once we so we're here. Once we get to the two that are <laughs> that are like uh that are not on the SWTS site, it's literally like, why is this news? Oh yeah, we're, the, we're <laughs> it's, hey, it's guess at what, that Nick? level. Guess what? We're there. Yeah. We're at those two. So the, the first one we're going to talk about, and, and trust me, you, you know as well as I do why, why this is a story, right? You know why this type of stuff is a story. Anytime, it seems like these days, it doesn't even have to be Star Wars, but anytime there, there's like a big pop cult, oh, 
big pop culture. Right. That anytime there's like a, a, a big pop culture announcement of any kind, if it's revealed that the cast is going to include people of color or women or, uh, you know, Asian people, there's going to be an uproar. Okay. I don't know why some people choose to get upset over that type of stuff. They feel like it's taking their America away, their entertainment. I don't fucking know. But that's why, Nick, that's why people post these stories that we're going to talk about, right? Because yeah. it's, it's, people are going to click on it. Oh, new Star Wars sequel trilogy, male and female. Uh-huh. Woke, woke, politically correct. Kathleen Kennedy, Disney's woke, blah, blah, blah. Click on my site. Okay, so that, that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> Yay for us. Um, but really, the reason I, I kind of want to talk about this is because it's going to tie into, shit, my race story. Which is now I know why you weren't ready to get That's into this. That's what I was going to say. We, we had them flipped, but it's okay. God damn it. No, we had to do Ray first. You're right. You were right. Fuck. Matt's brain I is. All amped. I was just getting all amped up. Okay. To the Ray story. To the Ray story. All right. I'm sure this, this got some people fired up, especially sequel trilogy trolls. Uh, but the lovely Daisy Ridley has been out and about on the interview circuit, Nick, because her latest movie, uh, Sometimes I Think About Dying, is, is at Sundance right now. So obviously, you know, she's being interviewed. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever done anything in Star Wars, especially a, a, a lead character, you're going to be asked about it until you die. Yeah. <laughs> just, just ask Mark Hamill. And if you can, ask Carrie Fisher. She's like, that was one of the best parts about dying is not being asked yeah. about Star Wars. Reach out to her through the force and she will, uh, That's right. she will confirm. Give, give her a few humana huminas. So um, IMDB got a hold of Daisy. And uh, of course, they asked her about Star Wars. And hey, would you come back? And here's what she said. I mean, I'm open to a phone call. I'm looking for employment. It's like, okay, yeah, I can... Why not? I mean, I'm, I'm sure she made some cash there. I wouldn't say that Daisy probably hates the character of Ray, although we're going to talk about a, a, an interesting quote she made on Ray Palpatine. But um, has, has Daisy, Nick, has Daisy ever made it seem like she would kind of like how Boyega has recently that she's done with Star Wars? I didn't, I didn't at least I would say, so. I don't think that Daisy was ever like, yeah, I don't want to do Star Wars again. I know that like Oscar flat out, said like yeah i'll do another star wars movie like he literally said pay me i'll do another star wars movie if i need another house like that was a quote directly from oscar yeah no he's he's down if there's checks for sure and 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 john at first boyega at first was like oh yeah i would like to do something for disney plus because that was like right when the mandalorian came out that was the height of like the mando hype right and stuff like that daisy has always been like look if there's you know, a story to tell with Ray and they want me to do it, then I'm down to do it. So it's, it's not surprising to hear her say this. I mean, why also there's there's, like, why wouldn't you like, if you were, you know, if you had the opportunity to get another big paycheck, play another character, like play a character that you played in the past and, and expand on that story. I don't know why you wouldn't, unless you truly had a stop right there real quick. So, so on to Boyega, who you could argue did have a bad experience, especially with the the racism stuff. And at that point in time, Disney and Lucasfilm weren't as supportive as they were with, fuck, I, I hate that I forgot her name. Reva. What's her name? Uh, my, uh, not Maya. Reva. What's Reva's name? 
Moses Ingram. Well, Moses, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you saw, I don't know if you can even remember, but you remember when TFA came out and we got the trailer and there's a black stormtrooper? That, I mean, people from that moment on were essentially attacking John Boyega and saying the things and all that that fun stuff. Um, but he recently came out, he's like, you know what, I, I appreciate that Disney and Lucasfilm now is willing to stand up for their, you know, their, their minority actors. But it seems like that side of Star Wars, not so much the, the odd handling of the character of Finn, is why Boyega is kind of digging his heels in now. But do you think, gun the head, they're like, hey, John, listen, we, we, we fucked up, pal. Like, we get it. We treated you like shit. We didn't, we didn't come, to, come to your aid when you probably needed us. I think that he let's go I th- Finn, Finn series, bro, Finn and Ray, whatever you want, director, you name it. Do you think he would come back or do you think he would st- stick to his, his, what would you call it, laurels? Yeah. I mean, the thing about Boyega is that he's been very successful with his own projects and like he has his own production yeah. company. Now he's like building and telling stories that like he is personally invested in and that he has control and ownership over. So I I think that that unless it is a perfect fit for Boyega, unless they're like, hey man, we're, we'll let like your production company work on it. We'll let you like have ownership of the story that's being told because you are also the character that's telling the story. Then I think that he would be interested. But if they just pitch him some like, hey man, we're we're gonna get the gang back together and and we'll see how it goes. Um, I don't know if he would be interested because he's found so much success in what he's doing now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just because I, I, I understand his perspective. I mean, the guy loves Star Wars. He was clearly a fan before it was geeked like any of us would have been. And then the experience the the shitty fans and how the character was kind of handled probably soured him a bit. But I, I, I do. I think deep down it would it would be almost be impossible for someone like him to say no if it was a damn near perfect scenario. Yeah. I'm interested in why SW props is saying Boyega is the worst because the guy works red carpet. So I'm wondering like if he's seen something or if this is just a, a personal opinion. Yeah. SW props is, is, is flinging right now. Yeah, I'm, not sure. I, I'm I mean, interested in that backstory. I don't know. Like uh, we don't know anything about Boyega or, or, or no. Yeah. Like I, that, I, so. I, I don't know shit. Allegedly he's the worst. Yeah. We have to put that in. <laughs> Allegedly. There, but, but props, if you care to share, like if you've had an experience with them, go ahead. Uh, anyways, back to Daisy. So some backstory here for you, Nick, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're not in the know. But Daisy did go to Lucasfilm. I, it might have been as early as, as last November, December, and um, met with with Kathy. And she said it was just it was just the lunch and to, and to talk. But I, I question if, if Daisy and Kathy and people at Lucasfilm are really buddy-buddy and they just hang out every, you know, once a year, or if she was there to potentially just hear some ideas or, you know, like, hey, Daisy, we, we, we appreciate you here. Ray is not gone. There, there's always potential. We just want to stay on good terms. So there, there are, like, some breadcrumbs around this to where and the reason why I wanted to do this before we talked about Damon's movie is – there could be talks like she she you know that th- this could already be in the works where they're asking daisy like hey this is damon's movie it's going to be set in in your era you, obviously you're you're not going to be the mains but 
we'd like to get you in there or you know we were thinking about a disney plus series and with your character doing this so i mean there, there's a good chance they're already pitching stuff to her yeah uh, um or, or that or that something is going to happen because i mean and, and really it's the damon project that we're going to talk about here in a little bit because we know it's going to be set post tross so ray is definitely on the map and ray is a character depending on how many years post tross that would clearly be an influencer sorry for the term in in that galaxy i mean yeah. she is for all intents and purposes the only real force user left that we know and and she's a dyad she has extreme force potential i mean just as strong as the palpatines and skywalkers and all that dumb shit they made us eat but uh, she wouldn't have to be a main character, I wouldn't think, in, in this movie or even in po- or, or even in new sequel projects. Yeah, I mean, one, I think that they are like it's this year is going to be four years since the since Tross. So we, we're, we're getting to the point where they're they're going to start making content post Tross or the content leading up to Tross, kind of like how Clone Wars was content leading up to. Uh, rot. If you're going to do that, then you're, there are two avenues you have to take. You either take the live action avenue, um, which was not something that was explored for um, prequel and OT material until very recently, or you take the animated route. And if you're going to do live action, then you need it. You need to have people like Daisy on board. You, I mean, like you could argue that you could, probably do post-Tross content without uh, Oscar, maybe even without John, because those were two, oh, yeah. like, the, 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 the two well, second I mean, leads. Dude, they, they were underdeveloped characters, yeah. the way the trilogy played out. I mean, let, let's be real. If Finn was a guy, then he was nothing, and then he was a guy again. Yeah. And, and, and Oscar, or Poe, is essentially just ace pilot now he's general yeah, so so yeah you you don't need them ray clearly yeah. was the main even though she really didn't even get a good story yeah so i mean we're we're solidly in that time period if anything's happening i mean like one uh if anything's happening in terms of post trust content development we probably won't even get it until 2024 so that would be a full five years post uh post trust um and i think that one, I think that Daisy is the one who's had the hardest time finding work post uh, Star Wars. I mean, uh, like like big big mainstream shit. Yeah, like she's she, done a lot of indie yeah. stuff, but you know, I mean, are you and I ever gonna see a movie called Sometimes I Think About Dying or the movie where she's like a swimmer in the yeah twentieth uh, century or something swimming the English Channel? No, yeah. I mean they're not. You know, they're not theater flicks, and really. it's also like you're not. You know, like those types of movies, while they may be very like fulfilling in terms of, uh, you know, the project type that you're working on and your ownership of it, like they're not big paychecks and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that she's only coming back for the paycheck. I almost feel like she wants she wants to have a, a Hayden Christensen moment, but sooner, not fucking 20 years later, you know? And I, I mean, I, I like him. She deserves one. I mean, I, this is no fucking joke. Ray, as she was presented in TFA, was an all star to me. I, I love that fucking character. I love the potential she showed. And really, even through TLJ, that was maintained. 
It's they came in with a goddamn sledgehammer, in my opinion, and just pounded that character into obscurity. Just made her another. Oh well, she's a bloodline, of course. Blah blah blue. I mean, the the Ray Palpatine line is just as shallow and hollow of somehow Palpatine has returned. It really, it really diminished the character and the journey of Ray in the sequel trilogy. I mean, it, it fucking killed it. Let's be real. I, I named my goddamn kid after the character. That's how high I was on the character and the potential after TFA. And then, yeah. oh, well, so, it is what it is, really. I mean, I think that one, it would be a very interesting thing if 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 she were to be in, in Damon Lindelof's movie, because that would be and not the and not the star. Right. Not, I mean, it, that would be. If she's not the star, right? To, to, even, to take a star from a Star Wars movie and then they're not the star yeah. in a, another Star Wars movie, that would be different. That would be very different. Not only that, we've never seen a full, like, either a movie or a trilogy of movies that was like, okay, well, you were a star in this one and now you're going to star in this one. Like, the only time that we've ever seen that is with Solo. Um, and it wasn't even the same character, like, same, same person playing the character. Like, you had the original trilogy... It had their three heroes. The prequel trilogy had its two heroes. And then the sequel trilogy had its three heroes. So I would be very surprised if they were like, okay, we're going to do more like post-sequel content and we're going to bring back the same characters again. Cause that's like very outside of the star Wars formula. Well, I, I mean, think about it this way. Th- this has technically been done, but like you said, it took 40 years to get yeah. there because <laughs> Luke, Luke Han and Leia, they were the stars of their trilogy, but then they became supporting characters in the sequels. Yeah. It just took, decades, decades. Like, so i think what you're saying nick is if, if we get this if this is going to be a real thing and it is just more than conjecture that's how it would play out it just wouldn't be that big of a time jump both in in universe and for us yeah i mean it's it's a hard thing to figure out with star wars content now because we know that the most successful star wars content in terms of fan reception has been through disney plus we also know that Disney Plus is one of the biggest money losers for the company right now. So how much how much do you dedicate to making more content for that that platform? Like it it would be very surprising if their plan was like, "Hey, let's do live action sequel trilogy follow-up with as many of the main players that we can get on Disney Plus because that's one going to be a huge investment and two it's going to go into your platform that's your biggest money loser. Um, and it is hard to figure out. It's like, do you feel strongly enough about the viability of these characters that you want to put them in another movie and be and like sell that to your audience again, who is very down on. Yeah. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I probably would not be making that call at this point. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to figure out. So may, I mean like, and that's that's always like that's been a discussion that we've had for the last few years is like what is their direction post sequel trilogy are they going to are they going to do a clone wars version for that and have like maybe daisy comes back and voices ray you know like would she be open to doing voice acting for a, for a cartoon series for an animated series so far only Oscar because he paychecks. Did. Yeah, I mean, Oscar. Yeah, he, he voiced bro, he voiced Poe in, in resistance. resistance. Yeah, in resistance. <laughs> So. He's like, fuck it, money's money, motherfucker. Yeah, it's like, hey, is is the is the check clear? All right, I'm there. Yeah, like, uh, I'm all. Hey, go for it. I I would be I would be 
if I could get a, a, a position like that, I would be the D. Bradley Baker of live action Star Wars actor. I'd be like, you need me to voice that character too? I don't fucking care. Let's go. Yeah. Like once I got into Star Wars, I would try to get as many opportunities as possible. Who cares about art films? Yeah. I mean, it's so this is what Daisy had a couple of little quotes here uh, when she was talking to IMDb. Uh, like they asked her, would you be open? She said, I mean, I'm open to a phone call. I'm looking for employment. I mean, that's kind of what we were talking about before where Daisy has been getting, you know, like, well, I'll put it this way. Daisy's been getting roles, but it's not been getting, you know, big roles, roles that are going to like kind of catapult her back into an A-list or something. I mean, Boyega was in the woman King. He was in the, he starred in the movie, that real life movie about the vet that wasn't getting his, uh, his benefits. So he, he held up a bank. Yeah. Uh, I believe he's going to be in They Clone Tyrone on, on Netflix yes, here yes, he shortly. So like Boyega, as Nick said, it seems he's putting out two to three, you know, theater, theater worthy movies a year at this point. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in like he's really focusing on making his own thing. Really, Oscar was the only one of the three primary characters who like had a good career before. Oh yeah, the yeah. the movies launched. So like he never and really, he, and he's still kicking ass. Yeah. I mean, he's in fucking Dune. He's Moon Knight. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he doesn't need it, but he's identified that he's more than happy to take some cash. Yeah, he, he'll take the Disney checks if they if they come through. So like, <laughs> I love it. Oscar. I, I mean, Oscar's even like, hey, if Disney wants to keep paying me, I'll do Marvel shit. And we saw him do that, like you said, with Moon Knight. So like, you know, um, so out of all three of them, it is it is Daisy who really kind of would be the one to be like, yeah, I'll come back and do it again. I'm happy to to get the paycheck and also to just revisit a character that probably wasn't done correctly in the original movies. Um, this is also a, a quick quote that she had on just like Disney Plus content. Um, she says, uh, I haven't watched all of them, but it's just because of timing and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, the work everyone's doing is amazing. I work with Pedro Pascal and I was like, this is really cool. He's the Mandalorian. I still find it all very exciting. So, um, you know, have, have you seen the movie they were in together? It was the, um, it was like during COVID they, they, the, the premise was they were shooting a movie uh, during lockdown. I, I've, I've heard uh, of that movie and I know it's on Netflix and I know there's funny people in it, but I heard bad yes. things about it. It's actually, I'll I tell you what, I mean, it's something to throw on and watch, especially for the, the Daisy Pedro scene in particular, really just Pedro again, Pedro plays once again, a completely different type of character in this movie. You just, you just love him, And he steals the show every scene he's in, but her, her and Pedro have a, a funny little exchange because uh, I think Daisy, she's just she plays like the uh, the the avatar of the of, of like this workout system that's in this house that they're all locked up in. <laughs> it's good, though. It's good. But yeah, so she she loves the Mandalorian. And I just put this quote up today uh, because I you can you can read between the lines that Daisy was not a fan of the whole Ray Palpatine thing, but she's being very diplomatic. So. Uh, Rolling Stone got a got a hold of her and, and kind of asked her what they thought about what she personally thought about Ray Palpatine, and here's what she said. And like I said, just just listen and and you'll be able to identify exactly how she feels. She's just not stupid and, and isn't talking shit uh, out of fear of getting uh, blackballed. All right. Well, JJ was the one who was like, she is of no one. So it wasn't just the Last Jedi where that was the message. What was interesting about the last one for me 
was that you can be a hero and not come from anywhere, or you can be a hero and come from literally the worst person in the universe. You're not your parents, you're not your grandparents, you're not your bloodline, and you're not the generations before you. So I always was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's beyond my pay grade. I say the words, do the thing. I do love the version of you can be anyone you want to be, but I also love the version where you can rectify wrongs and can't help what you're born into. So I mean, let me, let me, she's saying I preferred Ray being a nobody that could become somebody, but they made me a Ray from somebody. So yeah, there's this message too. I mean, the the message behind the Palpatine thing is like, if you are likening it to like what would be seen in normal life is like you're, you're an adopted child from a, an abusive family. Like, and that happens a lot. Like there are a lot of children of adoption that are out there. There are a lot of children who went through foster programs for their entire life and then finally ended up in a family that they, that they consider their own of their own volition, not because of who they were born to, not because of what their last name is or anything like that. And I think that that was the message that was trying to be pushed across in, uh, in Tross is that it, it doesn't matter where you come from or who, like, you know, what your, your, your lineage yeah, is. I, I, I get it. And that's what she's saying. She's like that. The message was like, Hey, I could be Hitler's granddaughter and I don't have to become Hitler yeah. because of that. But it's fucking stupid. I mean, the Ray Palpatine thing is dumb. And you can, you read that, especially when she was like, so I was always like, sure. <laughs> like, okay, if that's the way you guys want to go, you're paying me, I'll do the things. Um, I just, and I get that. You don't choose your family, all this fun stuff. But I thought there was way more potential in the idea that Ray was just fucking Ray. And she could become great, just like just just like a Skywalker or a Palpatine, without having their goddamn jizz mixed up in her DNA. Uh, but oh well, it, it, it is what it is. Even though we have Yodas and Mace Windus and Obi Wan Kenobi's, we could not have Ray just be Ray. Whatever. I think Daisy agrees with me, so we'll we'll leave it there. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about that first, Nick, is because the the, the Damon thing and and the the, the the closeness to uh, Ray in the sequels and if she'd be involved in the, in the reveal now that Damon's movie is going to have both a male and female lead. And <laughs> this story has been all weird. over the place. What a weird ass. Yeah. One of the mate. <laughs> oh but my listen, God. You, you know, lady and dude, a man you, in it. you, you know why this is news these days though. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it is sad, but that's the world we live in. And we didn't post it, but I thought we were going to have a short show today. So I was like, let's cover it. But lo and behold, we still talk too long about stuff. So I'll, I'll make this quick. But uh, the latest update comes from the, uh, the Hot Mike podcast, this uh, Jeff Snyder guy who I don't know if you can really believe him because one day he's like, oh, yeah, Damon's movie. The lead is a it's a male person of color. And then the next day he's like, oh, you know. I I heard that it's it's a it's a female person of color lead, but my source is is sticking to it's a male person of color lead. So yeah, and then I guess last week he was finally like, yeah, it's actually both. There's going to be a male and a female person of color lead in Damon Lindelhoff's project. So there you go. I, I guess. <laughs> do do you Nick? Is there any potential that 
that Ray could be one of the leads in Damon's, or do you think he's staying way away from the main characters of the sequel trilogy and, and, and trying something new? It would stun me if Ray was the main character of that movie. Um, it, it would. Well, yeah, I mean, she's she's technically not. She is a minority, a female, but I guess she's not a, a person, not a of, person color. of color. No, I, I don't know if they're sticking to the whole POC aspect of this report. I yeah, I mean, uh, either way, I like if I was Damon Lindelof, I would not tie myself to the characters from the sequel trilogy. And I'm not saying yeah, that I because think, they're. I think you're right. I'm not saying that because they're bad characters. I'm not saying that because of anything around the you know, the controversy around the sequel trilogy in general. I'm saying that from a storyteller's perspective, um, from a storyteller's perspective, especially a storyteller in a wide open universe and galaxy that you could literally like have carte blanche to do whatever you want. Like, why would you choose to tell a story about characters that just had a story told about them? Um, you know, I mean, that's, could you see her being used kind of like a, a general Leia? Where she's in the movie, but more of a figurehead. Yeah, I could see that. I could see her being included in the movie. I could even see or, her playing. Or, or, or do you think he wants to stay completely away from that for now? I, I, I think that if you're if you're playing in the sequel trilogy sandbox, it's it's impossible to stay away from Ray. Okay, um, I agree. Just like, you know, if you're playing in, just like for the sequel trilogy itself, it was impossible to stay away from the original characters. There was no way that you could tell a story after Return of the Jedi and completely ignore the right. the original trilogy characters. I mean, bro, they can't even do it in the Mandoverse, yeah, I mean, and that's only seven years post. They can't even do it there. Yeah, they, you can't stay away. So, like, I feel like if you're going to play in that sandbox, and if, if that's the sandbox that he's chosen to play in and not that he was assigned by Lucasfilm like if he actually came up to them and said hey I want to jump into the sequel trilogy I would imagine that he has some sort of plan for what to do with the original characters with uh Rayfin and Poe but probably as like either like cameos side characters not non-recurring characters in whatever he's doing you know you could have uh Ray pop up as like a new paragon of the light side of the force that she was, that, that was promised to come, you know, like not a Jedi master, but this new archetype of character that star Wars was trying to establish with the character of Ray. Like she could pop up and, 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 and be like that new type of focus or that new type of character, but also not be the primary focus of the story. She could just be involved and in there as like a side character, kind of like Leia was in the sequel trilogy where, she becomes yeah. this general and she is the leader uh, or one of the leaders of the new Republic forces, but she's not the primary focus of the story. She is, she has her role. She plays her role well and she gets a lot of screen time, but she wasn't the mains. Yeah. Kind of like more of a, like Devin's saying here, more of a mentor role yeah. than the, than the lead, the star. And I did verify Ray is still uh, classified as a unaligned force user. Uh, so she wouldn't, she would not be known as a Jedi. Yeah. So, you know, um, there's a lot of, and the thing is with star Wars and this is what makes it so easy to kind of do what we've seen done in star Wars. 
it's such a wide open sandbox and you're working literally in a galaxy and not just in like you're not working in the confines of one planet or you know one region like you can tell a story that is in the same time period as other stories actively being told and still have the autonomy to to not use characters that have already been used um so i i would be very interested to see um how like what his what his take on a post sequel trilogy yeah uh no, I, type and of listen film would be da- damon's no hack oh, i mean the yeah. guy Fantastic. helped create lost uh, i mean the that watchman kind of the, the the not really a reboot but a it wasn't even a retelling. It was just like a, a, another, another part story. of the Watchmen yeah. universe yeah. that that he told it post like the actual Watchmen. Uh, so he, you know he's he's no schlub and and this I do think this is a real thing and I think this is going to be the 2025 movie. I do. I think this is it. Like they, I think they finally and if you notice Nick that they, they've avoided a lot of the nonsense they've done in the past. Like they still have never officially announced Damon anything. Uh, Kathy hasn't got up and, and, and rah-rahed anything about this. It is all just in the rumor mill and the fan space at this point in time. And I, I think that's good. I, I think that's that's probably a positive thing that this is going to be real. And that is, again, the Damon Lindelhoff project that uh, is going to be set after The Rise of Skywalker. And just w- one final quote on this. And this, again, Nick, when you hear this, it's... I don't know why we we don't just start making up our own sources because people believe anything if you just say it with confidence. So so here's what these guys are saying uh, about the, uh, the the two leads in Damon's project. I do think I sussed it out. I said it was a man, right? Then somebody reached out and said, ha, nah, it's actually a woman. Then the original source came back and said, trust me, it's a man. Oh the God. truth is that it's both. There's two POC leads. There's one man and one woman, but the man has a little bit of a bigger role than the woman. See, That's th- why I was hearing it's a female POC lead. It's two. As for the names go, I haven't heard anything, but there was somebody though. I mean, why don't we just start saying shit? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if that's what I was saying is like, I can't believe these stories are stories when we got to it. Cause I was like, if this is really the shit that's that's like out there <laughs> that's out there, I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, this is I mean, literally not a story. And again, I there's nothing against Bestman Bolden. All credit to him. The guy's got a good following. Uh, he gets picked up in IGN for his leads and breaks and whatnot. But I'm telling you, man, this is what people click on. This is what people click on, and it's why, if you notice, this isn't on Star Wars Time Show, because, like, when Nick saw it and he rolled his eyes, I do the same thing, but I was looking at the schedule today going, Bad Batch faster? We might be done with that in 30 minutes, so I better backfill some content, and it's, it's looking like it was a bad choice, but, <laughs> hey, yeah, in the end, I, I'm with Nick. I We turned this into something, but it's a nothing. Like, there, there's no news here. No. Nothing's official. The guy- it's all just fucking speculation yeah. and he's in it he's like spinning shit in a circle the guy literally was like might be a guy might be a girl might be both might be both <laughs> <laughs> might, might be both who knows fuck it they might be black they might be white who the yeah, fuck knows like, but know. there's gonna be two people and one's a man one's a woman basically Yay. all that he's confirmed is that there will be a star of the new damon Lindelof <laughs> star yeah. wars movie. There, there's gonna be at least one man and one woman in damon's movie and what what a fucking fine but it is there are times like this i'm like i i should just who cares who cares about integrity just just go with it just start saying 
this. This is something we've heard. This is going to happen. This is a rumor. This is a leak. Because I think most of them, outside of making Star Wars and Bespin Bulletin, that's what they do. I mean, that's what they fucking do. Yeah. Hey, when you when you were talking about Disney losing money, I, I forgot to bring up. Have you seen what they're doing with the Star Cruiser Hotel? Did you get prices. the email today? Flashing those prices. I may have gotten it, well, but I haven't looked at it. it I, I got it today, but it, they're still not technically slashing Star Cruiser. But Nick, they'll give you, if you book a full price Star Cruiser stay, they'll give you $700 off at any other Disney resort this year. That's pretty, that's, I mean, so for Disney, that's unheard of, yeah. especially only a, a year into the operation of this yeah. hotel. Like they're, they're, they're clearly, and I read the article. I mean, that this place is, I think it's only booked this year during president's day weekend, every other weekend it's still wide open. Uh, the schedule has been open since last year to pre-reserve for 2023. So they're, they're starting to do stuff like this and it's I've, probably going to get even more discounted. Yeah. Now I've even seen, like I've seen advertisements for star cruiser for the Halcyon hotel. And I've like prior to this year, even for the launch of the Halcyon, I don't think that they actually did paid ads for it, like paid advertisements. No, like they, they were just like, Hey, it's out. And well, they're, they're waiting will, on just like Galaxy's Edge. Hey, it's Star Wars. We have Star Wars homers. Yeah. They'll do the work for us. And but when you're paying hasn't happened $5, because thousand fucking dollars. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the homers out there aren't in a position to fork out five to eight grand for yeah. two nights in, in a day and a half at a uh, hotel that looks like a Star Wars ship. It's wild. It's wild. That's also set during the sequel era, which most even Star Wars homers aren't in love with. So a lot of a lot of bad there, which is sad because I when I first heard about this hotel, I was like, fuck, this is little Matt would have creamed his jeans. And I, I still would like to go. But at this point, the writing's on the wall. They're either going to shutter it or it, the prices are going to get slashed like five thousand dollars might go to three grand within a year, I bet. Yeah, I mean it's 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 gonna come down significantly. I mean we're still in an era. I mean like as everybody's seen in the United States, I mean jobs are getting slashed in the tech sect- sector like crazy. Um, so people like people don't have the expendable income that they once had. So there's no way that that Star Wars, especially Star Wars no. under Iger, um, won't slash the price of that because Iger is like. Iger and Chappick, and this is like some Disney, like, you know, Disney, like corporate insider shit, but like Iger and Chappick had, had wildly different ideas for how to run the park sector of Star Wars. Iger's idea was make it cheap to get in and you'll make money off of just having people coming more than once a year. Like people would like make season passes a little bit cheaper, make park entry tickets a little bit cheaper, a little bit more affordable. Chappick was like, hey, we're going to charge people more because they want to come here. They want to come to Disney so we can charge them more money to be here because they want to be here. And that did not work out for old Bob Chappick very well. <laughs> so, so I, well, yeah, because he also would have instituted that like during the peak of COVID. Yeah. When people so, weren't fucking coming anyways. Yeah. And so now with Iger back under the helm, they're going to start to revert a lot of those park changes that you saw under Chappick, make things a little bit cheaper, a little bit more accessible. And that's going to eventually roll down to, um, 
yeah. you know, the, the Halcyon Hotel and stuff. Because it has to, because Nick, I've heard, I mean, $5,000 for two nights, that's like luxury. That's like crazy. New York City yeah. luxury, uh, Paris luxury hotel. And it's not even a luxury hotel. Yeah. It's like the rooms are, they're like cabins on a fucking space cruiser. You eat community meals. Some of the meals, there's dinner theater, but you, depending on where you sit, you can't even fucking see the performances. So it, it's just, it, they're asking a lot and you're not quite getting it. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it was um, literally like, it was a test to see how much money they could pull out of the Star Wars fandom. And, and, it, and it failed within and, a year. Yeah. And, and what, what Chappick found out was, hey, man, you can, uh, what, what is this? You can, you can shear a sheep multiple times, but you can only skin it once is basically what he found <laughs> out. That's a quote. If anybody knows that quote, it's from Rounders, that movie with uh, <laughs> poker movie with uh, Matt oh, Damon yeah. and uh, Edward That's Norton. That's a good quote. Like, and he found out, he's like, man, I may have skinned the sheep here and I screwed myself. Yeah. So, yeah, because I mean, Disney fans, they're probably even more diehard and loyal than Star Wars fans, yeah. but th- they'll only put up with so much. And, and as you said, there, there has been a decline in the park division, which coupled with Disney Plus is why Bob Chappick is working at the Sitgo right now. Yeah. <laughs> and Iger was brought back in. So. <laughs> Oh boy. All right. So there you go. Another real quick hitter here from Bespin Bold. And, and, and this one actually is, it's, it's at least good news, I guess, Nick, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a, uh, it's, it's earth shattering news, but I, but I think fans of this director and the, um, episode two of book of Boba Fett will, will be happy to hear this. So this is coming from, uh, or at least reporting Bespin Bolden's coverage here. Uh, but it has been revealed probably by mistake by Steph Green, who, if you remember the name, she directed episode two of the Book of Boba Fett, probably one of the best episodes of the series. If you forget, that was the one where they do the train heist and Boba officially becomes a member of the Tuscan tribe and they end with that fucking awesome Maori inspired tribal fire dance. It really is some great star Wars. And like yeah. I said, I mean, outside the, the Mando centric episodes of book of Boba Fett, that that's the standout. And, and Steph green was the director. And I can remember you and I, Nick, when we were breaking down that episode, kind of highlighting Steph's work and how well she, she did with the episode. And, uh, the train heist was great. Ride it like a Bantha has become a <laughs> meme. And, and the, you know, just the, the attention to detail they put into Boba, gaining a family it really was a good episode well done shot well um film well directed well uh, but now it's looking like steph has also worked on more than likely directed an episode of ahsoka so like i said is it earth-shattering groundbreaking star wars news no is it happy news i think so based on her work in book of boba fett what say you yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good to bring her back. I know that, I mean, we've seen this in the Mandoverse a lot too. Like, especially, I mean, like the biggest one of these is Bryce Dallas Howard. because And she's back on season three. Yeah, we, we did get the official directors for Mando 3. Uh, uh, Cardboard's in there. Bryce is in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fujiima. And then I think two new ones. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, once you show that you can do good work, they'll bring you back. And I think that this is a perfect example of it. Like you said, an iconic moment and an iconic episode from Book of Boba Fett, 
is is what really brings her back into the Ahsoka series. And I, I like I know that some people may look into like, oh, well, it, maybe what she did in Book of Boba Fett is going to be relevant to what or maybe they're going to like cross storylines between what she did on that episode of Book. And no, then I think Ahsoka. they just like how she works. Yeah, I think that they just appreciated the work that she did. She she showed that she can do good stuff, especially in a uh, in a show that was heavily like uh, focused around, you know, established characters like Boba Fett from the original trilogy. Ahsoka is similarly set up where you're going to be focused on a character from like a legacy character from the prequel trilogy era. She's also going to be working again, like working with Dave. Um, she worked, obviously she worked well with Robert Rodriguez for, for Boba. So um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a, a good call to bring her back. Yeah, I mean, in the end, I, I, I know we have an older listener base, but, but what you're seeing here with, with Steph and, and Bryce and Rick and all these people that have worked with John and Dave in the Mandoverse, this is what's called building your personal network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and look what it can do for you. I mean, I, 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 teach, I teach associate degree students when they're about to graduate. I teach a capstone. And I'm not teaching them any new skills. I'm not teaching them any new programming languages. I'm trying to get them ready to be a real person. And and literally, Nick, we have I have units on going to IT meetups, interviewing professionals to build your network. Like Nick, like Nick's someone I met working yep. in in the video game industry yep. through another friend. Yep. That's that's building network. Now I know Nick. Nick and I went on to do this podcast. Maybe one day when Nick's running his ad empire and he needs some shithead to do like some hourly work, he'll pull me through. But that, that's what I'm saying. And that's what's happening here. Like Dave and John have identified people they like to work with. And you're going to see them now popping up over the years in the Mandover sandbox as long as they choose to uh, keep creating exactly. in that, in that space. And, and, and that, that, that can be applied to any part of life. Yeah. So, I mean, we say a lot of dumb shit on this show, but if you're going to take something to heart, that's it right there. Build your network, meet people in, in industries you want to be in. And there's a good chance you're going to end up in that industry at some point in time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's showing itself already in the Mandoverse. Like we said, Bryce Dallas Howard, Steph Green, Rick, Rick I mean, Rick's been on all three seasons. Yep. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, when you do good work and, and you know the right people, then you get to continue doing good work for the right people. So, um, but yeah, I mean, cool little story there. Uh, keep, we'll keep our eyes out for the full director list. Yes. See which one she does. Cause yeah. you, you know, Filoni probably directed a few, at least one. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, Steph's going to have one. Uh, Peter Ramsey, who is also directing Mando S3 episodes, he's going to have one. Uh, but it's, it's always fun to kind of see which one they get and then the, the, the type of story and, yeah, and the, like and the see, tone and how it's delivered. Yeah, see like their personal touch that they kind of put on it. Yep. Um, All right, yeah. so there you go. All right. Cool little story well, we, there. We, I do have one other piece of news. Okay. Um, for those rip. of you interested, this is Star Wars Celebration News. This came through yesterday email. I don't know oh, if yeah, you've right. seen it. Um, single day tickets, um, there's going to be more single day tickets released for those of you who want to go on January 27th. Uh, so if you're listening live, that will be on Friday. If you're listening on podcast platforms, don't worry, you'll still have a couple of days. It will be Friday, 
January 27th at 5 Unless p.m. Unless you're a shitty fan and, and listen late. And listen late. God. Yeah. Um, Saturday. Uh, so Friday, January 27th, 5 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, GMT. So what I would do is if you are not in Greenwich Mean Time, which if you're in the States, you're definitely not in Greenwich Mean Time. Do a little Google um, and see what the time is in your area. But the the single day tickets will be going on sale uh, January 27th, 5 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. There was also the first wave of guests announced as well. Um, and it's so uh, it's it's people that you've probably seen before at other celebrations. A lot, a lot of Kenobi. A lot like, of you get Vivian's gonna be yeah. there. Um, Vivian, what's her name? Yeah, Vivian um, Lara Blair, Indira Varma, who played Tala. Yeah, um, John Carlo is gonna be there. Mr. Moff Gideon himself. Matt Lanter, who is the voice right. of Anakin Skywalker. Anthony Daniels, right. of course. Mr. C three PO himself. Ashley Eckstein, right? Ashley Eckstein, yes. Uh, the voice of Ahsoka in Clone Wars and Rebels, and then D. Bradley Baker, who is just the voice of every clone. Um, so those are the first wave of guests that will be uh, that have been announced for Celebration 2023. And, and don't worry, they're they're holding back on the big ones. Yeah, they'll, they'll be there. Don't don't worry. Yeah, uh, I mean it's in London, so there's a good chance you're going to get a lot of the Europeans that don't come here. So Daisy. I mean, Daisy will almost definitely probably be at, at the London. Yeah, I mean, Daisy, you got. I mean, it would be a shocker to me if um, if Ewan didn't go back again. Um, you know, if Ewan didn't pop in. Um, uh, he he has been out there, kind of putting putting the vibes out. Yeah, like, he's oh like, yeah, I would I would Obi-Wan love to do another Kenobi two. and work work with Hayden again. That'd be great. Yeah. Wink, wink. Come on, you motherfuckers, make the decision. It's like you like he because he knows that that Kenobi was popular, like ultra popular. And he's yeah. like, come on guys, come on guys. Season two, let's do it. Yeah. No, I mean, every, everyone that's, that's upset at that initial lineup, that that's how it goes. They always start. And I hate to say this, but they always start with the, like the lower tier, the, the one-off characters, the one series only, the dead characters, the voice actors, but they'll, they'll layer in the, the big names closer to the show. It, it's really, I mean, since they've stopped making fucking movies, that, that's where I feel bad for a lot of you. Because where celebrations, in my opinion, shine is when they coincide with a, a year that a Star Wars movie is coming out. Most recently, that would have been 2017 and the 2019 celebration. I, I was at the TLJ one and the yeah, we Tross one with Nick. The Tross one, yeah. And it's just like you can't recreate that, that buzz, the that. hype. Yes, the buzz, the hype around like, holy shit. There's a new movie coming, and really, the the past two celebrations, we didn't know the title of the films or had seen a trailer. Both of those yeah. debuted live at celebration, so that was like the big hoorah. So, if you're thinking about this year's 2023, it could be very similar to last year, where it's going to focus on the TV people. So, the I think the Ahsoka cast, honestly. They're going to be the stars of celebration this year, like the Kenobi cast was last year. Yeah, more than likely, that's that's probably what it's going to be, unless they yeah. really fucking have pulled the wool over everybody's eyes, and they are going to and announce it's not a movie ready. There. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could Nick. Now it would, it still wouldn't be like I was talking about with uh, seventeen and nineteen, because that those were the years the movie was actually releasing that winter. But I, I you. 
you would be correct if they if they are finally going to turn the movie wing back on i think this would be a good time to do it and 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 finalize damon 2025 here we go yeah so uh cool stuff there if you are interested in getting into uh star wars celebration and you didn't get your tickets earlier you got one more chance to get some single day tickets on there um so keep your eyes peeled on january 27th uh but yeah i mean i think that covers our uh actual news that does dude so it is it is that time of the show we do it every week just in case you're new here we are one of the only probably the only star wars fan podcast that dedicates a weekly segment to its fans so we're talking at least 30s of people. <laughs> so we, do, we, we, have, we have two avenues to get involved. The first one we're going to get into right now, that is the question of the week. That happens every Tuesday morning on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. If you look in our stories and our post, we will have the prompt. So your job is to read the prompt and then engage. Engage. All right. Once Picard, I know Picard 3 is coming out this year, I think. Sorry. Tangent. So... You respond to the question, either in a a story DM or just leave a comment in the post, and we will pick various comments to be read live on the show. We read them as written, so try to use the worst grammar possible. That makes things more fun. All right, Nick, so this week's question, and really questions... Throughout the bad Probably through, through... through through April and and who knows how I'm gonna handle this when Mandalorian shows up March one maybe we'll get a two for question of the week but this week's question deals with the Bad Batch what was your favorite or least favorite part from Bad Batch episode four the racing one all right so let, Nick let me uh do the my story mess up quick and then you can read the comments as always because you know it's like uh masterpiece theater for me when you read these all right so (laughs) our first response came from sir thomas aka xenex experiment 27 who knew there's 27 zen experiments out there but i guess there are and what sir thomas had to said was a very short and sweet his favorite part or their favorite part was when it was over. See, to, to me, I took that as that was his least favorite part when it was over. Because he was like, oh, oh man, okay, yeah. it's over. That's right. There's no more to you watch. Are, you, are the, uh, you are ever the optimist, <laughs> and uh, I am the pessimist. So, yes, I, I see I see what you did there. Yeah, he was like, man, All it's right. over. Now i got to wait a whole other week for more Star Wars stuff? God damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I don't think that's what they were going with, but, you know, we are a very positive, kid-focused Star Wars podcast, so I like it. Nice, Let's go. Nice, Moving nice. on to the next one. Holy shit! My it looks like my mom got. Involved I was gonna say, here. I like, think this it's is, like she's on my. It's like she's on my Facebook. Yeah, or it's like I think this is actually Matt's mom. So this is ah. At well, le- the poor lady's been like you know bedridden with multiple uh, lung infections. Oh, Hopefully, man. she makes it through the week. But you know, she's she's in her seventies and she's getting pneumonia and COVIDs Oof, and man. all the other shit, bad stuff. But go That's ahead. The, what, what did my mother have to say? Yes. Here? Uh, lady Elaine 24 on Instagram says, love that tech who always seems so matter of fact, actually showed some of his feelings of pride to the crowd when he won the race. Hey, look, there my mom, go. look, we, we, we were aligned. See that's, she said it better than I said it. That's what I meant. Yes. You know, tech always is 
very factual, like a droid almost. But in this one, as my mother expertly laid out there, showed some feelings. So she's 100% correct. We will not make fun of her comment. That is correct. Thank you. Good job there, mother. Thank you, Miss Elaine, <laughs> for your comment. That's funny. She, see, I know she must be laid up because if, if she's, <laughs> she's scrolling through Instagram, leaving comments on her son's dumbass podcast that no one listens to, <laughs> she is bored, but uh, we appreciate it. All right, moving on. Moving on. Work more or less here. Our good friend Jason says, personally, I prefer the vibe and story arc from episode three and selfishly hope the season leans more in that direction. However, yeah. for what it was, the audience... Uh, and the audience it was created for episode four definitely had TPM excitement, even if it did feel like a rehash. Uh, so Jason, while he is hoping to kick into the main storyline and the next one enjoyed the, the TPM type feel for episode number four. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he trolled it without being a troll yes. and, and I respect that. You know what I mean? Cause that's, that's kind of what we were saying, but he, he went even a little more negative than we did. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So thank you, Jason. Work more or less for the response. Next up is Bango31. He says, like the tease about Sid's past, looking forward to seeing, to see how that plays out. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the bit, that was like the biggest moment from that episode was literally like the last 45 seconds of it. Um, but that does kind of open up a new avenue, a new side story for the batch to explore. So I, I, at Bango 31 kind of nailed down. He's paying attention. He was taking notes. We can respect that. Indeed. Indeed. Next up, SW Props says, least favorite part was the, uh, was the story wasn't getting pushed further along. Favorite part, True. tech being able to show off. And yeah. Hey, look at this. Everyone's kind of. Coming to the top two moments I settled on, yeah. which I mean, really, the only it, it two was a moments. light episode. Yeah, it really was <laughs> really? a light episode. Yeah. So uh, good uh. stuff there from props. And then All right, Proppy uh, at Darth, Darth Doyle. Doyle, Doyle rules, Doyle, Doyle rules, Doyle rules, Doyle rules. <laughs> yes, from Billy Madison, for those of you who are not in the Sandler verse. Um, Darth Doyle says when tech gave that bitch, please look to Teo. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I don't that, remember honestly. it, but I like the, I like the comment. I I, was that when, uh, Teo was saying tech couldn't race or I think something so. like that? I, I can't think remember. so. Yeah. He was like, Oh, it was, it was when Teo was oh, saying no. humans can't do all of the, like, you think a human or, could do this? And tech was like, it's either that or when he was repairing him, he's like, Hey, you don't know how to fucking put my arm yeah, back he's on like, and stuff like Where's that. my legs? And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Darth Doyle rules. Darth Doyle rules. That's Darth right. Doyle rules. <laughs> Throw the banana peel. Woo. <laughs> okay. All right. And there you have it. That's question a week. So if you want to get mixed up in there and have your thoughts, puked out to the world you know what to do every tuesday at star wars time show on instagram all right so we'll move on to the last part of the fan segment it's everyone's favorite at least those artists out there and that is the top five star wars fan artist features of the week and nick's got us covering 116 the 123 hopefully you know the drill by now but if you don't listen to me and listen to me clearly because there's some of you that we love and i know you still love us but you're not doing it right Cody Tweedy, I love you, guy, but you got to do ad tag Star Wars Time Show. You can't even do at Star Wars Time Show in the comment anymore. It just is not reliable. We still want you to use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show, but the best way 
to ensure it shows up in our tag section that you all have in Instagram, you know, with the little face on it, you, you literally on the post have to do ad tag Star Wars time show. But if you do that, I'm going to see it in the morning and I may feature it. Okay. So we feature Star Wars stuff every day of the week. And then on Mondays, Nick sits down and picks his top five, which he has delivered to us. And we are going to honor right now. All right, my friends. So who, who do we start with here? This top five kicks off with at Moz underscore toy underscore box. And we have an awesome mashup here of Star Wars and Marvel. And it is, it's probably one of the coolest shots I've seen in a long time. So what we have here is Galactus, the planet eater, um, hovering in space with his hand descending down upon Death Star 2 from ROTJ. And I mean, honestly, yep. if you if you like kind of have a passing glance at this image, you may miss Death Star 2 completely because of how big Galactus is in this shot. And that, how that's I, I love this. The, the, yeah, the sense of scale Maz achieved in this shot is brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it really it, sells that that feeling of Galactus as this this galaxy wide terror that can just kind of move yeah. through and destroy planets at will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. Listen, I love Marvel, but I'm, I, I'm not that deep into the lore. I know of Galactus. I've never really seen him or, or read comics about him, but I, I do know, like Nick said, that he goes around and eats planets. I, th- I think my, my only introduction to him, and this is going to be sad, is, is like are those early, Fantastic somewhat Four. now janky Fantastic Four yeah, movies. The, the Silver Surfer uh, one was like with the, the silver. Yeah, yeah, that was the first. That was the first introduction to um to galactus on the big screen i believe okay right so i i I understood what he does and that's why this shot works so well and and nick this galactus figure is large i mean i i think it's upwards of of three feet but still the the perspective maz went with kind of that angle looking up having the hand over the the death star i mean for those that can't see Galactus, you know, he's in, in the galaxy. His uh, right arm is about to literally palm the Death Star. Like, he could pip, pick the Death Star up like it was a softball. Yeah. Just, and, and just shove it into <laughs> his his face. So yeah. it just, it, it all works brilliantly. Uh, you know, you could argue that, you know, hey, multiverses in Star Wars and Marvel, you never know who could be coming through a, a, a portal or, or traveling to a new galaxy. It's just, it's a fun mashup from Maz underscore toy underscore box. Good shit from Maz. Next up, we have an awesome Lego shot from at Lego Inspire. Classy. And this is just like, this is some next level, like, uh, like environmental work that he did here. I don't know if Lego Inspire, if this is like a, like a partially a Digirama or or if you just kind of insert it. I do believe a good part of this is practical. I mean, that is insane. But what we see here is a Lego scout trooper making his way through an absolutely beautifully with lush. Cape. With a with cape, cape. With a soft goods cape. Uh, making his <laughs> way through a, a beautifully lush environment. Uh, you yeah. can see his reflection off of the small pool in front of him. You see moss and, and and flora all weaving uh throughout the environment behind him even a little spider on the rock to his uh to the right of frame i mean this is just a beautifully composed image here from lego inspire um and yeah i mean i just awe awe inspiring 
uh, honestly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much I can add. It just it it feels lived in for for like a Lego shot. I mean, it, it really does feel like a real location. And I guess I could pop over to Lego Inspire to see if there's any BTS, but I I think I did, and I I think it is mostly practical, which just kind of adds to the Even here we go the beauty of the beauty of the shot. Let's check it out here. Oh, just kidding. It was just a close-up. Bummer. Maybe it was in a story I saw it. Uh, but either way, I would say uh, Lego Inspire. And Nick, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. But but it's it, it it's kind of a mix of practical Lego, but that wizardry that Brick Panda eighty two uses. Yes, you know, like that where it it. It all feels like a cohesive shot, but it's, there's some magic baked into this thing. One one hundred percent. Like I have to imagine that Lego Inspire is adept at Photoshop, just because of the the types of environmental effects that you see coming in here. You see some right. like, like particle effects, like weaving its way through the sunlight rays. Um, the the incredible reflection off of the pool, not only of the of the character, but also of the the environment around the character. Um, there is that that touch of magic, as you put it, that we've seen in other yeah. Lego fo- uh, photographers like Tong Wars. It's just like Pandas. it's like yeah, it's like a a notch up from usual Lego photography. Yeah, it really is a step up. So that is at Lego Inspire, and they have inspired me. That is right. Beautiful. To move on to the next feature. Next up is oh, our shit. look at this one. Our good friend Connor. Uh, at <laughs> press underscore pause underscore like video game Vader, man. Yeah. Video game Vader. The press pause photography here with this absolutely killer shot of Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we see is, is Vader uh, assaulting a TIE fighter. So he it seems like he's jumped and it's like, landed. He's, he's, it's like he's riding it like a bull. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's like he's riding it in the battle. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, but um, he's like, you know what? Fuck the cockpit. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ride on top so I can use my yeah, lightsaber. So I can fucking jump off. So he's like on top of this TIE fighter as it's flying through atmosphere in the middle of a lightning storm. <laughs> just in this badass like three point it, landing so pose. Vader. He has his lightsaber out and ignited. And I think you're right, Matt. Like he is riding this in to a yeah. battle versus some X-Wings. And this he's fucking war horse, yeah, man. He, he's about to like jump <laughs> off of this TIE fighter yes! onto some X-Wings and start chopping some wings off. I mean, this is just a completely badass shot that we see from press pause photography. No, I mean, Nick, this is like, it, it, it's like a storyboard panel that you could see at like a video game studio or, or like a comic book meeting, yeah. you know, because it, there, hey, baby, how you doing? It, it, like I said, it's I, 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 I when you brought the shot up as like video game Vader, because that, that's what it feels like, because you only get this level Vader in games or comics. You rarely get them in a show. Uh, we got hints of it a little bit in Kenobi, hints of it a little bit in Rogue One, but not even close to the level of, of awesome heinousry that this guy commits in, in stuff like comics and video games. And, and that's what press pause has achieved here. Like I, I've got a whole little fucking scene playing out in my head. Like I said, I mean, I you, you queue up ride of the Valkyries from Wagner right now, you know, dun, 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 and fucking Vader's just like riding in on this thing. And like you said, he's just going to spring into action, maybe midair chop a fucking X, swing in half or chop its nose off 
I, I just I love when artists think like this, okay? When when they when they put characters in in scenarios that you're really only given in in fantastical stuff like comics or video games. So uh, I'm glad you picked this shot because it, it was one of my favorite of the week. And as we've said before, press pause the triple P. I mean, he's someone that I I have to govern myself sometimes. Like, all right, dude, we we get it. You're putting out multiple posts this week. They're all fucking awesome, but I don't want to get yelled at by <laughs> Joe Schmo for favoring someone too much. But, it's like, man, this guy's um, just, too good at this. That's basically. I know. It's like shame, shame on him. Shame on him for having skills. And, and you know what's even better? This these are all the tiny guys. That oh, that's a three and three three quarter. and three quarter inch Vader. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is even more impressive for sure. So, um, I know that press pause often gets. Uh, uh, praise heaped upon him on this show, but I mean, it, it's clear why the praise gets heaped upon him. It's because of um, incredible. It's just sweet. Him. I mean, he's here, Connor. It, it, is my scene even remotely correct? What was your What was your inspiration for this? What was your idea? What is Vader doing here? Because, like I said, give me the Valkyries. Let's talk about napalm smells in the morning, yeah. and let's go fuck up some rebels. All right. Awesome stuff. So. Yes, yeah, at, that, that's like a poster. You know it, yeah. what I mean? Like oh, yeah. you need like a po- a print of that. Oh yeah. So at press underscore pause underscore photography. If you're not following, do yourself a favor and make sure you do. Uh, next up in the top five, this is at toy boat toy grapho f o t o y That's all, folks. F o t o y g r a f o photographo and. <laughs> I got to say, man, Fotoigrapho. Fotoigrapho. That's a good way to say it, too. Um, I got to say, anytime, it, it seems like anytime I see Grievous in a shot, it just, it, it immediately attracts Sexy. my attention. Yeah, um, he, now he, he's a great figure. He is. To shoot and to look at. And uh, what Fotoigrapho has done in this one really just kind of sells the visceral and, and like, visceral nature of Grievous as a character. So what you see is him just absolutely cutting through clone troopers. You see one uh, that is off to the right of the frame, felled already on his knees, falling with his head popping up off of his shoulders. You can see sparks coming from his uh, from the wound to show the lightsaber strike. You see another one off to the left of the frame that I think just got cut in half. You can see the sparks coming from his midsection in mid-fall and then you just see uh, Grievous there in all of his glory, two lightsabers ignited, standing uh, victoriously over his fallen combatants. Um, excellent stuff yeah, I here. I dig it. I excellent. dig it. I honestly, I like these darker shots. Not not in terms of subject matter, but literally in terms of, of tone and, and lighting. Uh, you know, when Trevor was here a few weeks ago guest hosting... It was fun. When we went through this, he, he couldn't help himself but to, to kind of critique as an artist, which was great. <laughs> but I was like, hey, man, this top five, we don't we're not really here to fuck <laughs> people up. Um, but we were talking. I'm like, what do you think about just the, the like the black background? And you know, he wasn't too high on it because it does. It, it kind of removes some some depth of field. But I, I do think in shots like this, that that nice, stark black background and the way uh, fought used lighting here that it 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 works you know what i mean like where, where you don't have a, a very active background behind grievous in terms of you know ships or buildings or shit like that it's just a 
like a black piece of cardboard to, to black out and let the lights do their thing. What do you think? I mean, I think that it really does help to make all of, especially in a shot like this, where I think having the explosion really helps. Yeah. Like without that practical explosion, it it, it pro- this shot probably would have lost some of its flair. I was gonna say like it helps to bring out those bright colors, you know, like yeah. having yeah. that dark background allows you to get that reflection of the lightsaber colors on Grievous's body. It allows you to have these these bright bits of like spark from the armor, and then like you said, also like even having that explosion in the background against that dark, that dark black kind of, uh, that black background just, just makes it pop a lot more. Like if this was out in the sunlight or if there was like a lighter colored background here. Oh yeah. You'd lose all that. Yeah. You would lose all that. The sabers would not pop. Uh, So yeah, I don't know. It just like, for me, sometimes it's, it's very easy. It's simple. Like not a lot of thought. You just, you, you throw down some black poster board and you rely on your 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 practical atmosphere effects and your lighting to kind of liven the shot, if you will. These days, I'm going straight up work more or less. Uh, you know, I, because I'm an educator, I have access to Adobe Creative Cloud, which is nice. I fucking hate Adobe, but I, but I love Adobe Express. It's like dummy Photoshop for idiots like me. But I also have access to all sorts of stock photography now, so... Uh, I downloaded a, I just did a search in Adobe of Star Wars backgrounds and bam, just tons of them. So I've been doing a lot of digi these days, but what I've been trying to do with my digi, Nick, is not so much have the background be super clear, but just kind of give, give it, uh, provide a contrast for the subject. But more importantly, I'm trying to match the lighting of the figure to the lighting that the background is giving off to make it more of a a seamless integration. So yeah, who knows a little bit of a tangent there, but I, I do, I sometimes like just the nice black background. Cause as you said, it, it, it helps some of these colors pop more than they would. Yeah. And like, that is like in a lot of these, especially in a shot like this, like those colors popping is like essential to what you're trying to achieve for the image. So yeah. Uh, beautiful stuff. Photographo on Instagram, make sure to give them a follow and close out the top five for this week we have at star wars rick and he's given us a, a shot of the ogs the team of the og the team, team that started it all that's, that's right right so what we see here han luke leia chewie 3po r2d2 all on the death star or some sort of imperial vessel and they're all in yep. their hero poses right you got Han oh, yeah. with the classic blaster out <laughs> firing pose. You got Luke with the classic uh, lightsaber ignited in hand look. Even Leia is in her, like, firing her pistol mode. And in the background, I love 3PO and his classic, like, oh, no, with his hands yeah. up um, in, in R2 he's, he's right up He's giving odds. Yeah, he's th- the odds of us getting out of this encounter are 2,500 to 1. And then... That's right. Uh, R2-D2 up in the front leading the way as he always is. Leading the is. charge. Um, Damn straight. And, and Chewbacca loading his uh, bowcaster right behind Han. I mean, it's a classic shot of classic characters that just that just hits that sweet spot in terms of your Star Wars fandom. Uh, Star Wars Rick really nailed it. Yeah, I mean, in the end, I'm a Star Wars fan because of these characters. So they're always going to have a special place in my Star Wars soul. And, uh, you know, Rick just had a great setup. You know, it truly is just 
hero pose <laughs> central here. It's like they got to the Death Star. They're riding up the elevator. And they're like, all right. As soon as it opens, everyone hit your pose. And the door opens. And they're like, what? <laughs> pew, pew, pew. R2's dropping his third leg. Uh, it, it's just it's a it's a fun shot. All the figures looking good. It, it, I think this is a shot where if you collected Black Series when it first started, and then you see where it's come now with the with the photo real face, you're like, damn, this line has come a long ways. Uh, they may not release the most variety of figures or figures in a timely fashion anymore, but the Black Series heads in particular are getting so damn good looking. Yeah, yeah. These are all very clean looking figures for sure. Um, especially that Han face, man. That Han face is so good. I, I think that's the Return of the Jedi Han that they plopped on the A New Hope body. That's that's my guess. It makes sense. So, um, just a beautiful job at Star Wars Rick, Star Wars underscore Rick on Instagram. Make sure to give him a follow. That's right. Um, that's the end of the top five, and that's the end of the show. A much longer show than we thought when we initially were like, man, this Ugh. Bad Batch episode is going to be, we'll be, we'll be in for a short one. But hey, I, we gave I, I, you guys I do not all know how we the did content this. that you could <laughs> possibly want. It is. It's like, you know, they can just show up and pump quarters in. We're going to be like one of those old machines at the grocery store. Just sit there and keep going. It doesn't matter. We, we don't need topics. We can talk Star Wars nonstop, whether that's a good thing or not. I don't know. People could be sleeping right now. Nobody knows, and the best part is nobody cares because it's the Star Wars time show. And as Nick said, it's time to say goodbye, all right? We'll uh, come back next week. If you are new here, we do the live stream every Tuesdays, 2.30 p. East on YouTube at Star Wars Time Show. Uh, but honestly, the best place on the internet to kind of get in with the Star Wars Time Show, get your hooks sunk into our little chubby bellies, is StarWarsTime.net. All right, if you head over there, we got easy buttons to follow, links to click, to sub the podcast on the likes of iTunes, Spotify that I need to cancel some year, uh, Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, you name it, we're out there. We're on a platform that you can use. Uh, what we do need from you, though, if you are new or you're old and you're just a lazy asshole, get on those podcast platforms, especially iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, where you can leave reviews or ratings and drop some love. Okay, you got just like we talked earlier, AI, machine learning, it's it. It's here. It's making decisions for us. So you need to tell them, listen, Star Wars Time Show, good. So when people click in Star Wars Podcast, good, they get the SWTS. But also over on StarWarsTime.net, you know, you can go to our Teespring store. Why not? I don't think anyone's been there in three or four years. Yeah. I've never even been there. <laughs> uh, you can check that out. We got our YouTube link over there. If you're, you just want it easy, just click on subscribe and it'll instantly sub. You won't even have to click the button twice. True. Why should you do this? Well, there's always Star Wars time, right? There's always time for Star Wars time. That's, that's why we exist. We created ourselves to fill that mantra in your life. So spread, spread the word. You know, share. Don't be a dick. We know it's all of you diehards that aren't allowing us to grow. So let us, let us blossom like butterflies so we can fly away and become one with more people's forced diet. All right, my friends, we always appreciate, especially you live streamers and discorders. We know who you are. We speak your names. 
And uh, if you're here for the uh, Star Wars D&D segment and you got some feedback, you can always reach us through StarWarsTime.net. You can DM us on Instagram at Star Wars Time Discord Show. Discord as well. Or, yes, Discord probably would be the best place for this. We'll, uh, if we think about it, maybe we'll start a new channel, as, as Spencer suggested, just for Star Wars D&D talk. But real quick recap on that, we are planning to do a Star Wars-inspired D&D adventure with Nick being the Dungeon Master, myself being one of the players with three others that we need to track down. The three others, we would, at least for this first time, like them to have a following. So we uh, won six shooters on the short list. We're probably going to reach out to Sir Dork, maybe work more or less. Uh, but if this is something that sounds interest interesting to you, Reach out on Discord. Let us yeah. know um, as a player we'll or a, a, as a uh, as a uh, a watcher, a spectator, a fan, right. spectator. Yeah. And hey, if, if this turns into something that people like, uh, of course we'll open it up and, and and bring more of the longtime fans in. But doing it the first time, we need to try to get some eyes on this little channel. It is. It's it's a tiny little baby still. So, uh, but that's the plan. I'm excited for it. Nick's excited for it. I think it's going to be really fun. Nick's writing the story himself, so that's going to be a blast. That's what I am most interested in, and we get to make our names and characters and all that jazz. So, like I said, Discord, you can find that in Instagram. We don't charge. We're those type assholes in this new new age of the internet where anyone and everyone charges for their content. We are not those people. We just ask for your, your undying loyalty and for you to commit seppuku if you leave the Star Wars Time Show audience. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. We, we go way back. We're like samurai type of shit. That's how we run this organization. If you fail us, you must take yourself out. All right. Nick, it's time to go. It is. Time to go. It's time to say goodbye. All right, people. You know what we do about this time. If you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.